This is the Shetland Show. Whatever you do, you have one thing that's unique. You have the ability to make up. And when things get tough, this is what you should do. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. I hope to get it. I'm sick of explaining history. I'm rolling with a circle of winners. We claim the victories. Yeah, yeah, come on. It's about to be the realest shit you ever heard. You're in a transitional world right now. Yeah, it's just basically going for it. You know, and sometimes you, know, you think about getting hurt or slamming, but you know it happens. It's skateboarding. You know, it happens every day. Yeah. People are worried about skateboarding and the skate state of the industry. Yeah. The truth is, we are the industry. Yeah. Skateboarders are the industry. Experience, I guess, just because there's like I've never seen like that many skaters in one place. Just like it's like we take over the streets. All right, guys, what's up? I'm back again. We got a good podcast today, but before we get into that, I'm gonna start with yesterday. Yesterday was the second roll for Rob at Northampton Skate Park fucking sick there was tons of skateboarders there there's pj ladd there levi brown donnie barley brandon westgate um figgy was there danny fowler made it zared eli reed it was insane tons of skating bunch of shredders too and uh yeah roll for rob is for rob ponce he's a rep in the new england area and he's helped out tons of skate shops and helped out contributing to skateboarding so much and uh he came down with als and a couple skate shops came together theory dan at theory skate shop came together and started roll roll for rob to help his family you know he's got undergoing these new treatments to beat als so anyone who came out for that day everyone kicked in ten dollars to skate and they gave out a bunch of skate product and all the pros came and people got to chill and kick it with the pros it was so sick and uh, it was for a good cause, man. Skateboarding. It's awesome. I love skateboarders. They know how to do it right. So, um, yeah. If you And if you want to help and contribute to Rob Ponce and uh, his family, you can go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Roll with Rob. Oh, yeah. You know who else was there? Justin Brock. And I hit him up. I, I talked to him about the podcast. So I think we're going to have him on the Shetler Show. Pretty psyched on that. If you any of you guys have any questions, hit me up on any social media and tell me the question you have for Justin, and maybe it'll get on the show. Today we also went out skating. We skated street around Boston. It was sick. Westgate was killing it. Uh, Billy Drown killed it. Uh, Justin, we were met up with the deluxe dudes. Justin Brock killed it. It was a sick day, man. I'm pretty sore right now for sure, and a little beat up and bruised. Uh, that was sick. Uh, today's guest on the podcast is. The one and only, Charlie Thomas, great friend of mine. You you know when you meet someone and you're just, you just instantly click and you know you're never going to forget that person. They've made like such a rad impact on your life. Well, for me, that's Charlie Thomas. He, he's a lifelong friend and we've been through ups and downs and still going, man. And it's, it's it was sick to catch up with him and I hope you guys enjoy uh, Charlie's story and everything we do. Love you guys. Peace. Recording. We're here with Charlie Thomas. What's up, buddy? Hey, Anthony. How are you today, my friend? <laughs> I'm chilling, man. I'm so excited to have you on the show. You're one of my favorite people, period. Dude, absolutely. What I'm so doing? glad. People are going to get to know our history a little bit here today, I guess. Fuck yeah. Where, where, are you, where are you taking me right now? I am going into my downstairs into my kitchen since you uh, had a little... Uh, beer i was gonna see if i had something to match it 
I got a IPA today. That's what I'm going with. Nice. These have been in my fridge for uh, a while now, and I only have three, but I'm going to enjoy them. Damn, what's going on? You got a lot of pictures on the fridge. It's looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's all the uh, all the friends, family, kids, me and the wife. Yeah, the wifey, dude. That's crazy. So you guys got married. That's insane. Yes. Yes, it is pretty crazy. How does that? How does that feel? You feel you feel like you're uh, you got the ball and chain or what? Uh no, 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 not at all. It was just uh, you know, like it all came about. Right place, right time, and then we were just like, didn't really want to like, not say drag it out, but like, hey, if we're going to do it, let's just do it. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. Me and my girl are doing the complete opposite of what you thought. <laughs> I know. How many years has it been? Fuck, I don't know. We've been, we're, everyone's like, when you get married? I'm like, fuck, man, we're engaged. Isn't that enough? God damn it. <laughs> You're like... I'm like halfway there. Come on. But the more I think about it, the way you just described it, Charlie, that seems like the way to do, man. Quick like a Band-Aid. Like, if you're going to do it, do it. <laughs> Quick like a Band-Aid. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we just like, I literally, um, I'll tell you that story later. We'll, we'll go back. We'll come okay. back to that. Let's work up to it. Like, I was, saying, like I was saying off air, but now that we're on air, I want to kind of start at the beginning, Chuck. And I, I know you don't like being called Chuck, but I can't help it. Because not, only certain people can can get away with that. You're one of them. Oh fuck yeah! All right, I can't help it. It's just in my blood to be a punk, and that's like what happens. It's like Chuck, you know. Um, yeah. Let's start at the beginning, man. Let's talk about how you got your first board. First skateboard. And All right. What was it? What was it? Is it what? It, I tell you exactly what my first like legit skateboard. Sure. Yeah, it was um. I think I I had my birthday and I didn't know what I wanted. And literally, I think a couple months or like a month or two passed by, and I was like, some, I think it's maybe some kids skated like at my school or saw maybe some kids in the neighborhood, and um, I was just like, yeah, I think I want a skateboard. So like my dad took me to the local skate shop called Radical Dance. Yes. It was this little bitty like skate shop, super like core. I went and picked out my board. It was a... Uh, GNS Billy Ruff. Yeah, sick. It had um, the like chalice. It had this skeleton hand with a chalice, and it's like bubbles pouring out, and then it had his name. Sick. Board was like neon yellow. I got blue ventures, green Powell mini cubics, um, rails, nose nose guard, tail guard. Everything. When when was this? This had to be a while back, man. Let's yes, let's it, date right now. Let's date you right. Now. <laughs> yeah, I think that was eighty five. Yeah, eighty five or eighty six. Safe to say, you're a fucking skateboarding OG warrior. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've 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 been through the battlefields. <laughs> All right, so. One thing that surprised me with this is that Venture was around. I didn't realize Venture oh, was yeah. That deep. Yeah, Venture's deep, dude. No shit. Because you had like Venture, Tracker, or Gullwings. Those are your options. Um, and maybe Indies too. Like I'm sure Indy was around. Maybe that skate shop didn't have them at yeah. that time. But yeah, I I I I always remember. Will always remember that setup. Exactly what it looks like. The whole thing. 
Yeah, your first one, man. You never yeah. forget it. Just like your first other ones, other things, first yeah, time. Yeah, you know yeah, sure. <laughs> and I had, um, I got, it was called a 360 tail dome. So it wasn't like the tail feather. I don't know if you like, so it used to be you'd have it on the, you'd like, you like drill through your board, screw it in the back, and it would be to protect the tail from like getting razor tail or, or like getting like worn down. This one was like a, like, half like imagine half of a pill yeah cut in half and that was on the back and it was like a good two inches thick dude and how, how and then imagine trying to pop an ollie yeah. or learn to pop an ollie like that <laughs> how fucking heavy was that thing dude oh my god it had to weigh like close to 10 pounds like just a tank dude. you had you had armor on your fucking skateboard yes yeah, <laughs> absolutely so what what did we do? You get a board and then you just like do you meet up with the crew or how do you figure out about all the tricks and like experience? I got a board and then I just like same like like took skated down the street like met some met some some people from school then there was like there was like a there was some older dudes that skated and they were like more like ramp skaters yeah but then there was this one uh, guy his name was Barry Broussard. He was an older dude. He was like in high school and I was like seventh grade or whatever. And, um, he would take me out skating. He was like in high school and he was a street skater. And like, you know, that's after I've probably been skating a year or something, but like that he kind of was the first dude, like, show me what's up. It's so crazy that like, um, I noticed that in skateboarding, like I hang out with a lot of younger kids. I hang out with, like, it just crosses all age boundaries. It's like, that dude skateboards, yeah, I skateboard. Like, I could session with a fucking 12-year-old, and I could session with a 60-year-old, and it's just, you're skating, so it doesn't... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's cool. So, <clears throat> what was his name again? Barry Broussard. Barry Broussard. And I wanted to ask you earlier a little bit was, how radical was Dan? Was he pretty radical? Dude, I don't know who Radical Dan was. <laughs> but, like, it was these kids that they're... They skated and their parents opened up a shop. And I think they lived in the neighborhood behind there. And they had a ramp. And um, I think they actually ended up, that shop closed. Um, and those dudes, like wh whoever, they moved and they just left the ramp. Yeah. The ramp was just in in this backyard at, a, at an empty house while I was waiting to be sold. And we used to go skate the ramp. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's really ironic, dude. There was probably when I was growing up, there was probably five or six different ramps throughout, like a you know, like a four or five year period that were that were like that's when you went and skated, like, just like back, just backyard. backyard, backyard ramps. Is this Somewhere. where are we, Louisiana? This is in Lafayette, Louisiana, Damn. where I grew up. And, uh, yeah, and then I just slowly, like, started street skating, and, uh, oh, I, I had, I, I actually, I don't know where I got it from. Someone gave me a ramp, and I started build, I started building. I actually, it's funny, because I just was talking to my mom last weekend about this story, because my brother-in-law asked me, um, about the first time I dropped in. Yes. And, and, um, Tell I was us. like, I was like, yeah, I remember, I was like. Yeah, I, I got a ramp, and I started building it in my backyard, and I had half of it done. I had one wall and, and the flat, 
no decks, and um, so dangerous. Oh, dude, so dangerous. Like, and I like me and like some of my friends are building it, so we don't know what the hell we're doing. We're just like trying to put it together. And um, you're like, where the fuck is Radical Dan when you need him? Like, seriously, <laughs> where's somebody that knows this? Kids with power tools and shit. What's going on? Somebody help me. <laughs> I need and, an adult. I need an adult right now. <laughs> and, and like, I got like halfway finished. And my mom's like, you got, you, you can't keep this ramp. Like you, you need, like, and so I tried to drop in one day and just ate it so hard. Did the leaning back and just uh, all the way back, arms stretched out. Like that's how. So that's how guys break their arms, man. That's how they break their arms right there. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I was by myself, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm drop it on the ramp. I don't know what I'm doing, but sure. Balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Foolishness. So what's what's in Louisiana, in Laf- Lafayette, right? Did I say it right? Fuck. Too many. I already had one beer, so I'm drunk. Say like a fa- Lafayette. Lafayette. Oh. What's the what's the atmosphere there? I mean, there's a shop, there's some backyard ramps. Are people like tripping on skateboarding? Is it eighty? Oh yeah, this is this was this was like so. Then like I had middle school, and then I went into high school, and all I did was skate. Fuck it. And like there's um, radical dance closed. Then um, this lady, Miss Donna, opens up a shop called Surf and Skate. Sick. And that was like, the, I ended up starting working there, wrote for the, wrote for the shop. Like, so that park's open, like, I mean, that shop's open for probably like four years. And that was, that was the shop. And it was, That's, it was a lady who owned that? It was a lady, her kids, it was a lady and her husband, but this lady ran it. Yeah. She, um, and, and she, we got a team, she would take us on trips, like, like this is like back NSA contest. Okay. So like there used to be the National Skateboard Association and they would do a, they would do every year there'd be a, a series of contests. And so you would have a your qualifier. You'd be a go to your like regional qualifier. Dude, you you were in street league before there was street league. Yeah, absolutely, dude. <laughs> like this is just like what it was back then. Same as like California had Castle. Yep. Yep. And I'm sure there was something on the East Coast, you know. Um, and so you would have to go qualify. And uh, so we, she took us out. It was like me, Sal Barbier. What? Um, and like, like the other like kids that rode for the company. And so we go to Houston and we skate the contest. Well, she took you all the way to Houston? Yeah. Dude, this lady should have named her shop Radical... Donna. Radical Donna. <laughs> she sounds radical. Dude, she was amazing. She was amazing. She she made the scene like and it was like she had a she had the shop, then moved it to a bigger location, then moved it again to a different location, and we had a park. Like so we had a mini ramp indoor and then a street course outdoor at the at the shop. Is this where you honed your mini ramp champ skills? This is definitely where I spent a lot of time skating mini ramp. You can tell you've put some blood, sweat, and tears into some mini ramp, some tranny, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like my mini ramp that I skated like any time I want, had a key, like, and all, you know, I'm like 16, 17 years old, 
I don't care about anything else about skating. So yeah, it's all you need at that moment for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. So like, be like, literally work, get off of work, be like, close up the shop. All right, go on in the back, skate the ramp. All right, I got a quick question. Um, sorry to stop the momentum, but the re- is the reason why you're skinny because you you grew up in Louisiana and you just sweated your balls off. No way, dude. No way. <laughs> was, it, was it hard skating growing up in Louisiana and skating and shit, or you just acclimated to the fucking... You're, ac- you're acclimated to... Dude, it's the same as the East Coast, though. Like, yeah, for two months, August, in fucking July, and then... Yeah, what about the five months that you guys are freezing your balls off, though? Yeah, that, that's easy. You're just buried. You gotta deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> same. Like, it was just, you know, that's what I grew up with. That's what I was acclimated to, so it was like, I didn't care that it was... 100 with 110% humidity outside. Yeah. Like, I was just like, oh, I'm going to skate, like, four or five miles, like, to downtown or to the skate shop or whatever. Let's do this. How do you do in the contest, like, in uh, the street league before there was street league? Okay, so I went two years in a row. So I did, I did the qualifier. Then I made it to the next, the next one. Yeah. yeah. Which um, the qualifiers in like, I guess it was, I don't know if it was regionals or whatever. So I went, I made it to that one. And that was where, actually, it's funny because that one was in uh, Missouri. And I met Barra there, Deerdick. What? Yeah. Really? I told you. Yeah. Fucking yeah. <laughs> Petrie was there. Um, and uh, we all like skated, and we, and I skated in mini ramp and street. Wait, those guys were competing too. Yeah. Yes. Like they came from their regions. Yep. yep. You know, like Barra from Nebraska, like uh, Deerdick from Ohio, and then like we're from, you know, our stop was in Texas. Yep. yep. So then, uh, yeah, then we went to the finals. And the finals were in Arizona. Yes. Um, at it was called Terra at the Tower, and it was at a skate park in Arizona. And dude, let me tell you that lineup of who was in that contest: Jesse Newhouse, Jeremy Klein, yes, Ron Chapman, damn. Um, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know who the first guy was. I'm sorry. Jesse, Jesse Newhouse? No idea. OG, like, Chicago legend. All right, I respect Chicago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, who else? Like, literally, like, that first generation of, like, big pros that came up. Crushers. Yeah, we're all, we're all there. That's so crazy. Was that a thing, like, in skating then? Was, like, you had to compete in those contests to be relevant? or? That's how you got sponsored. No shit. That's how you got sponsored, and then, like, you did those contests, and then usually if you won the final one, the finals, that's when your board company would turn you pro. No shit. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, who else was it? Markovich was there. Like, there was some, some heavy dudes, and then I did the same thing the next year, um, and it was the finals were in maybe Reno. So this is 89, so the, in 90, I think. How, how old are you right then? Right then I was, um, you don't 16. Have to, yeah, 16. You're, you're just traveling around. Your parents are okay with you fucking jet-setting around the fucking country for skating. Yeah, I mean, like, 
I had a chaperone. I had, you know, I wasn't by myself. Like, yeah, they were like, you know, and then my, you know, at, at that point in time, I lived with my mom or I lived with my dad. Sorry. I lived with my dad and Mike, you know, my dad was like, you know, he trusted me, let me do my own thing. And like, he's like, Charlie, you're a man now. You're going to do man shit. Get out there. No? He was, he was probably, no, he was probably like, <laughs> whatever, like go do it. Um, you, you know, he was kind of had his thing going on and like, I was just like, I had this lady that was taking care of us that was like, you know, she took us to Missouri. She, I, I can't remember if she took us to Arizona or not. Like, but, um, the next year I went with the H, I rode for H Street. I went with the H Street guy. All right, all right. Slow your roll. Slow your roll, Charlie. You're getting ahead of us here. Slow the fuck down. Okay, buddy? Did you ever win anything? That's the I don't care about H Street. Cool. You got sponsored. H Street. Big fucking deal. Just kidding. But, uh, did you ever win a, a contest? One of these bad boys? No. Never won one of those. I, I think the qualifier, I think the qualifier I got second or third. Did you beat Deer? Deer did. Ooh, maybe. I'd have to look that one up, dude. There's got to be a piece of paper somewhere that shows they, they used to, they used, So those contests, they used to post post the results in old trans worlds. Oh, there's, there's got to be one then. Oh, yeah, it's it's out there. It's out there. Hey, to all my guests listening, if you can find old trans world and you can find the Charlie Thomas beating Rob Deerdick in that magazine, please post and tag me. Please. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> Yes, they're they're out there. They're out there. Somewhere deep. Somewhere deep. Alright, so we're doing the contest, all that stuff. How do we go from Backyard Ramps, Radical Dan, Donna jet setting around the the country with Donna, her, her doing your nails, manicures, whatever happens. I don't know, you don't have to admit to any of it. To sponsor life, to getting hooked up. Uh it started through the shop. Started through the shop, like, you know, like so you know, she would she would talk to people and be like, hey, I have, you know, one of my riders, blah, blah. I started, like, I got hooked up through Vision. What? Yeah, so, I, and, and this was, like, Vision and, like, they made everything. Vision streetwear, board shoes, pants, shirts, the whole, so you'd get a, pa- a box and you had, like, shoes, board, wheels, shirts pants like everything in a box and it was like through the shop it wasn't like it was like shop flow you know like Sick. hey you guys buy from us da, da, da. like who's your kid cool let's hook, hook this kid up well we got well we got this little kid charlie thomas and he's got a mean crail grab yeah i think you guys should hook him up is, is that about right it, pretty much but probably way way before i had a crail grab that's for sure <laughs> i had to adapt that one later Oh, okay, okay. I just assumed. I just, you have a good one, so I assume. Thank you, thank you. I assume the roots ran deep with that one, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it went from there to, um. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. What was Vision like at this time? Was this Vision in a Tay Day, or this, like, early? Where's, where's. Yeah, yeah, this is like, this is, uh. I think it's before Blind. Like, right before Blind, though. Like, like. They were, Mark was probably about halfway out the door, but it was like Kelly Rosecrans, um, probably like Grigley, Gator, Gons, like all those dudes. Are like, you tripping balls that you're flowing you stuff? Oh yeah, dude. I'm like, I'm like a kid, you know, like <laughs> I'm a kid and I'm like, what? No way. Like, 
So then like, and, and then we started filming, like we started like straight up, like original VHS dad cam, <laughs> like, you know, and we, we had, we had, you know, some, some decent spots in Lafayette and we were, you know, learning to street skate and we had a park. So like we'd learn in the park and then take it to the streets. So then we started, we actually started making like sponsoring videos to send. Was Don, was Donna's shoulder tired from holding that camera? She didn't, she didn't do it. <laughs> I think I think the camera was hers though. <laughs> but we would just film each other, like you know, going out. But uh, yeah, so like during that time, um, I, and then I, I I just kept filming and I sending stuff out, and uh, then I got on toxic skateboards. Well, you so wait. So did you have to quit H Street to ride for Toxic? Uh, four. So, so I rode for Toxic. Sal, Sal was leaving Louisiana to, to go move to California to get a to get sick it, shoe, to make it to make his way and make himself known to eventually get the Sal Twenty Three shoe. Damn right. <laughs> and uh, so he actually he moved out there and he was out there. And he was talking to those guys, and he was like, hey, you got to check out my boy Charlie. You got to check out Dwayne Petrie. Like, so he actually was responsible for getting me on 8th Street. Damn. So he was like, hey, send, send your stuff, da-da-da. And he kept like, no, you got to put them on. You got to put these dudes on. So, like, originally, like, he was trying to get me and, and Petrie on. Hell yeah. And then... Petrie decided he wanted to ride for GNS. Yes. Which came, went from GNS to Alien Workshop. No shit. Yeah, so he, him and Rob rode for GNS, and then Chris Carter, Mike Hill, left, decided they were going to start Alien Workshop, and took those guys with them. We were talking a little bit about this on the Mark Johnson one. He kind of got into it. It's kind of crazy to know all this. I, this is all before my time, so it's fucking yeah. crazy to know the backstory. It's cool that you guys know it, and you're just looking at us like, you guys are fucking idiots. You don't know shit. That's what I would do anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just ha- I just happened to be around to live it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. Like, And then, um, yeah, so I rode for 8th Street, and I was in high school. And, um, I, I, I went, we would go out to, uh, to trade shows, like back then. Where were the like, trade shows? In Cali? Yeah, they were in Cali. They were in, um, were they in San Diego? They, they might actually, you know what? They were in Long Beach. Still? Wow. They were in Long Beach. They actually started, you know, so it was started out there. So, one of, so I, I remember that because actually I think I was out at the trade show. And we we were skating, and it's uh, in the next video. Like, so I try to backside Winnie this this big like four or five block, and I break a couple of boards, and that was in Long Beach, and it was like right at this hotel next door to the convention center. Oh, so you were out there for the trade show, and that's when you're battling the trick. Yeah, yeah. Sick. That's classic. Um, so yeah, I, I, and then I, and then once I graduated high school, um, I moved out to California and went and lived at the H Street house. Dude, were you just, were you like, 
did you think like you're gonna just like this was it? You're going to be a pro skateboarder? Like, was that even an option? I, like, I I was just like, hey, I'm riding for this company. Like, here's my opportunity if I want to do anything. Like, and I had money saved, and I just went out there and I had a place to live, and it was like, you know, like, hey, so they had a house, Fun. and they just let the riders live, and then some of the pros lived there, like Donger, Chris Livingston, Sal. Like, and I think they charge those dudes a little bit of rent. Damn right. To help pay for the house. And then the other dudes, like, I I lived in a, I shared a room with Dan Paterka. I don't know him. Sorry, I'm too young, go, dude. I wish go, I... Wa- go watch the 8th Street Next video. Okay. And watch how tech that dude was he's, way before his time. He's epic. Dude, absolutely. I'm going to Google it. First dude I saw do Crooked Grinds. Damn. <laughs> he's ahead then good for him absolutely for sure all right well i wanted to ask you about this i mean you're kind of blowing my mind because there's like that shit's not even really going on in skateboarding now like things are so tight right now with all these brands and dropping out like the state of the yeah. industry was there an industry is what's the whole fucking deal is it doing well what's going on in skateboarding at that time yeah, yeah i mean you you had this was the you know, like transition from big companies when I got my first board to there being like Powell, GNS, Santa Cruz, you know, maybe two other companies. These and then, companies. and then, and then that like start of World Industries, oh. H Street, like all those skater owned companies that came in and were like street skating and making videos and, Stuff like that. I actually, um, so when I still lived in, in, uh, you'll like this. So when I still lived in Louisiana, I rode for Toxic and they were working on a video. So the dude who was like team manager and like ran all the stuff, his name was Dave Crab. And he was like, I think he was Australian. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Full accent, everything. So he flew out to Louisiana for a weekend. We had a contest going on that weekend and I filmed my video part over that weekend. Damn. <laughs> you filmed a video part in a weekend. Yes. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. So my very first video part was this toxic video <laughs> and like I filmed it over a weekend. What would you like? Is it just because you just had all these tricks and you had never really filmed, and you're just like, "Fuck it, let's just film all this shit." Well, he's just like, "Hey, let's let's go film," and like that was the time I had. Like, <laughs> literally, like it's like, "All right, let's go film," and we filmed for like three days. I'm gonna go tell the all the dudes on my team, the all I need team. I'm like, "Look, dude, <laughs> got about 48 hours. We might stretch it a few more, but like the Charlie did it. You can fucking do it. Don't be an itch." <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, dude, I wish I had a copy of that video. I don't. I used to have it on VHS, but I don't have it anymore. But, yeah, it it was my first video part. That's amazing, man. That's so cool. I've always heard that, like, back in the day, it was kind of like you just film a few days, and you just, that's what they turned into your video part, which is fucking rad. I mean, I don't know. I like Yeah, literally, I remember, like, riding down the street. And I'd be like, I was, we were like riding down the street somewhere and I looked over and I saw some fire hydrant that I'd never skated before. And I was like, hey, let's pull over. I think I can ollie over this fire hydrant. <laughs> yes. And like just 
whatever. That, like that there was, was there was no part. That was half your video part right there. There was no like there was no like hey I have like these you know fifteen twenty tricks I want to go do. It was just like hey we're just going skating. Yeah, that's yeah. a fucking core than like hey let's fucking. Get the generator, get the bomb. Yep. Uh, let's. We're gonna get kicked out, but we'll go back twenty times. Don't worry, we'll get it. We'll go wake up at four a.m. Fucking, we need the HD and the fucking photographer and the filmers, and we need a. Do you have the drone? Do you have the drone, guys? Okay, we're good to go. Anthony, let's let's go buy the. Let's go get a hacksaw. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll look out. You cut the end off that rail. <laughs> have your phone on you, because if the, if the cops start coming, I'm gonna call you. You're just describing something we really have done before. Yes, we have. <laughs> it's fucked, man. It's so cool that it was... I like it more spontaneous, man. I, I love it. Yeah, it was wild, man. I mean, skateboarding kind of missed out. It fucking got so heavy for a minute. It missed out on those, like, epic sessions. And now with Instagram and, like, social media, it's like, you don't miss out on those. We can share that shit now because it's oh, like... yeah, absolutely, let's, dude. Let's make a fucking Insta clip because this is just as good. It might not be the... The fucking 20 stair or Nyjah or whatever. Nothing against Nyjah. Fucking keep doing your thing till your knees blow out. Hopefully they don't. Stay strong, my brother. Jaws, Jaws, Jaws might blow out first. Jaws, Jaws, stay strong, my brother. Yeah. Take it as far as you can. Run with that money. But what I'm saying is half the fun of skateboarding are those sessions where you hit that fucking little crusty bank with the homies. And that shit translates as much as a 20 stair, you know? It infects kids and people. Absolutely. Like, I love it. Yeah, I, I'm sure, um, I don't know how long, I have to ask Petrie next time I, I hang out with him. You how long? Saying, he, you keep saying Petrie, are you saying Dwayne Petrie? Wait, who's Yeah, Dwayne Petrie. Sick, I fucking knew him. Yeah, dude, like, uh, yeah, we're, we're, him and his wife and me and my wife, we're all good friends. Did, did uh, Dwayne ride for Santa Cruz at one point? I don't think so. I don't know where I would have seen Dwayne Petrie's boards, but like when I first got into skating, I feel like he was like he had boards and was a big name. It, well, he did, but it was Alien, and he had like this this all these like three olives on his graphic. I don't ever know. Thinking of Dwayne Peters. Mm, you might be right. You might. You yeah. would know. You're more. Yeah, you think of Dwayne? I'm old. Yeah. I would know. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, kid! You're fucking stupid. <laughs> no, because Dwayne Peters. I, pretty sure wrote for santa cruz and he had boards that's what it is thank you thank mm-hmm. you <laughs> all right charlie we're, we're jumping around hey, you listen to my show before i like to jump the fuck around yeah absolutely okay um let's get into uh turning professional okay go all right so i lived in california uh we hold, were on, hold on hold on all right all right Hi. How did you make your way out to California for a living? Was that the H Street thing? Yeah, I was living at the H Street house. Okay. And actually, we're filming for the next video. And actually, the name of the video is Next, not like the next one. No, I actually knew that one. I knew that. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and actually, like, I started to run out of money. Like, I ran out of money. Like, that money I had saved, I'd been gone, like, a year. And I was, like, kind of got was getting homesick. And, like, I was like, well, I'm going to... I'm going to go, I'm going to go back home, like, and like figure something out or whatever. So I actually went back home, had finished filming everything I was going to film. And that video came out. I turned pro for H street. I had one board. I gave them graphic ideas. They did nothing with any idea that I wanted. (laughs) Did this graphic that was 
It was half green and half like pink. <laughs> and it was a, and it was like an outline of a man on one side and a woman on the other side. So it was a white woman with blonde hair and then a, a, a black guy on the other side. Jungle fever. I like it. And that was my first graphic. Did it have anything to do with you? Nothing at all. That shit was just selling then, yo. <laughs> they were, they were just like, hey, like, here's your, here's your board. <laughs> it's a guy and a girl. <laughs> Yeah, I and I gave them like, like oh, I want to do this. Hey, I want to do this. Da, da, da. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay. Here you go. They're like, like, dude, your purple dragons weren't cutting it, Charlie. We went with a woman and a man, and we wanted it to be Jungle Fever. That's fine. I was like, hey, all right, I guess that's the way it is. It's your first board. Did it have your name on it at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I still have I still have one at my dad's house. I think you showed me it to be honest when you I described. Think, I, I think so. Yeah. Sick, man. Were you? How did they tell you? Were they just like, "Hey, we're turning you pro, kid"? I, I, dude, I, I don't remember exactly. It's like, like, hey, like, let's start working on your board. Like after the video, we're gonna turn you pro. Like, cause some, uh, like, some of the dudes like that rode for the team were like, "Oh, I thought you were like, uh, we figured you were already pro." Like, cause I didn't know all of them well, you know? Yeah. So, um. Yeah, and then I just was filming, and I was out there for like a year, just skating with everyone. Um, and that house was rad, by the way. So that Eighth Street house saw so many people. It was just like, hey, imagine the clubhouse. You know, it's a skate house. Yeah, skate house that is owned like and rented by a skateboard company. So like, Sheffy would come by. Yes. Like. All these like old San Diego heads would just like be like, "Oh, let's go there," because we had a foosball table. We had like four or five rooms. People would crash there all the time. Just like, here's the like party slash skate house. Let's go see what's going on. That's sick. You're living the life, dude. Do you get a paycheck when you turn pro? <laughs> dude, so <laughs> I like the yeah. laugh. <laughs> yes, no, because this, this is part of the story too. So. <laughs> I'm like pro for a couple months for those guys and haven't seen them a dime. Yeah. Haven't seen any money. You're like, guys, I'm in fucking street league before it's fucking street league. Where's the dough? Yeah. And, and like, I haven't got any money and then I'm, I'm living in Louisiana and I'm skating with like one of my best friends, Shannon May at the time. And he rode for GNS and he's like, dude, why don't you just like come over here and ride for GNS and then like we can go on all our trips together and hang out and skate fucking so, peer pressure fucking so, peer pressure so I was like alright well like these dudes aren't paying me I haven't seen anything so I quit and then I told 8th Street and they're like alright you know like alright well we gotta finish selling your boards da, 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 whatever so they're just like keep it keep it on the down low do whatever so I, I'm like alright cool so I, I tell the dudes at GNS, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to skate for you guys. Like, let's start working on a board, blah, whatever. So they jump the gun oh, and, shit. like, <laughs> announce it, like, to all their, like, shops and whoever, like, right away, boom. So, like, Tony Mag was like, dude, I can't pay you. Like, everyone knows you don't ride for us anymore. So I, I, he kind of swindled me out of some money. Well, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was all of you know, eighteen, nineteen, maybe eighteen. 
what? Well, okay. there's, no, there's no contract in this. It, oh no, 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 it's just word of mouth. Like, yeah. well, you quit. In fairness, dude, you fucking quit, bro. I did. You quit, did. and they blew your shit up way before they should have. Yep. Sorry, bro. Sorry for you, bro. Brucey. <laughs> How's GNS go though? Uh, that was cool. That was fun, and actually, it was like this was post uh, Alien, so Alien had already started, and and so this you and Mark covered this for a little bit on his interview. So this is when GNS decided they were just going to do the symbol and symbol. Yeah, yeah. You I was part of symbol. that shitty realm of skaters on that team. <laughs> that Mark was talking about. Um. <laughs> uh, you're too funny. You're too funny. <laughs> so you, that, had mail, you had a mean trail grab at this point. I'm sure of it. Don't fuck with me. I'm sure I did. <laughs> um, so at this point, like, we are, we are um, riding for and, and it's like me, Shannon May, Mark Kinsman, um, fucking Shannon, fucking air pressure. Pretty sure Willie still rode for him. Willie yeah. Santos? Yeah. What sick. Um, Anthony Oglesby, Tom Horning. Nope, nope, nope. Um, Tom was an upcoming AM. Anthony was a, an AM. Um, and we were riding for them. Went on a couple trips, and then we went on a tour, and we were filming for a video. Sick. So we, like, first tour ever, like, like, like kind of tour that I went on. We had a Volkswagen van again. <laughs> we went from San Diego up to SF. Um, and we got two. We got, but we did get to skate the Powell Warehouse all to ourselves. Right. Like on a, just a, like a random like Tuesday or something, you know? Like, and we got to, and we got to skate there and we filmed and we filmed in that Embarcadero. Like, so we were filming and we, we, I, I, we had some, some some demos and other stuff and so we're filming for this video and we're all excited about the video and literally like six months later like i'm back in louisiana like me and shannon and me and shannon got a letter in the mail saying hey we're not doing this company anymore and that's when they started maple oh maple a fucking letter they sent you a fucking letter yeah not even phone call i got we got a letter in the mail your your mom opens it up. She's like, Charlie, you got a fucking F. You got an F on your report card. You're fucked. You're fucked. Time to get a job, son. Is that what happens? Uh, pretty much. I mean, like, I, um... Where do you go from there? You're pro, though, right? I mean... I was pro with, with, with like, I had, you know, like, my other sponsors or whatever. But, um, I think it's, like, at that point, I was a little blown away. And I was living in Louisiana, and, um, I took like a good year that I, I, I never quit, but I just was like, whatever. I worked Fuck a it. job and just like, just was a regular schmo, you know, like <laughs> regular dude, just doing the thing, had a girlfriend. Oh yeah. Like lived with my girlfriend, hung out. Getting some, getting some kids. Yeah. Yeah. Not Drinking beers, hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool man so how do we get how do we get back into the sponsorship because i know you have i mean dude you have a fucking rich history of skateboarding so where do we go from 
So we get back into the pro ranks. So from there, um, so then I like, there was a park that opened about an hour away in Baton Rouge. And I just, I just, I got the spark again. I got like, I started buying skateboards. Like, dude, I hadn't, and at this point, I probably hadn't bought skateboards in like five or six years. And I was just like, started going to the skate shop. I think I actually, randomly, which is really funny too, it's like one of the first ones I think I bought was a Markovich board. Yes. Um, it was like an element Markovich one and had like limes and lemons on the graphic. Like, I think I remember that one, to be honest. Really? Yeah, because I was such a fan of Markovich. Because he, he came to Fairhaven, Massachusetts, Solstice Skate Shop, invited the Element out, and they came out, and he was just... Yeah, it was an Element board. Yeah, it was just fucking... It was Mark, Chris Markovich, and his front shoves were legendary, so I was like... Absolutely. Yeah, and tray flips, and a lot of legendary things, but front shoves, for sure. Yeah. So you're buying Markovich boards. Buying Markovich boards, and skating with my friends, like... Just psyched on skating again, like like little kid style, like just happy and just skating and don't care that I'm like buying. Like kind of just like I'm skating. I don't care. Yeah. Like well, I'm not really worried about it. And I'm, so I was at this point in time, I'm like working at like Circuit City um, and some sales job and skating as much as I can. Like my, my friends and I. were like we the park was an hour away, but we became like such good friends with the dudes that ran the park that um, we'd call them and be like, Hey, we're going to come skate the park. And they'd be like, and we would like just get, get off of work and be late. And they'd be like, all right, well, um, look, the key's just going to be back here and you guys just close it up when you leave. <laughs> Tick, that's a good hookup. Yeah. So like we would go like two, three times a week. Well, and, like we, well, let me stop you. I'm sorry. Let me stop you. Is Circuit City your first job? Did you have jobs before? No, 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 no. So I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the rundown of some of those. Please. Um, I worked at the skate shop. Yep. And then after I moved back to Louisiana, skate shop's not a job. I'm sorry. You have to treat it, you have to treat it like a job. But if you're a skateboarder, that's like a fucking. It's like working at a skate park. It's just you're around skateboarding. It doesn't feel like a job. It wasn't a like non skateboarding job. Yeah, exactly. So then I worked. I worked at I worked at Payless. Wow. Shoes. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know Circuit City or Payless. Payless shoes. Then I worked at Foot Action. Wow, you had a foot fetish. Good for you. Dude, absolutely. <laughs> so I worked at I actually worked at uh, Foot Action for a couple years. Wow. And I like I like was like started training to be like be a manager or whatever, and like they shipped me like across town. To like the other mall and I was working there and uh and then from, from there I went and like started working at Circuit City think about how much you would have missed out if you just went that route you're like you know what honey I got a good job I'm going to be a manager <laughs> think about yeah that. yeah you would have missed out you would have been fucking smelling feet for fucking 20 years let me hey hey these new Jordan 10s are coming out <laughs> get you laced up <laughs> keep you looking fresh kid mm-hmm Funny thing is, a lot of those they did reissues on, and I'm like, oh, I remember those. I remember those. I remember those. Um, yeah, it's really funny. So then I'm working at Circuit City. I remember we had okay. So at this time, we somehow Lafayette always maintained a, a good like skate scene. Yes, sir. There was always a shop or a park. Like even after Surf and Skate closed, this other shop called Buck Nutties opened, and it was a 
It, it was in an old skating rink, and it was a shop and a park. Dude, that place was around for like over ten years. Damn, sick. Um, so yeah, we always had somewhere to skate, and you know another park an hour away that was an indoor park, and then there was some like amazing street skating in Baton Rouge. Um, so there was like a good scene, and when they had like you know you had your Lafayette guys, your Baton Rouge guys, your New Orleans guys. Everybody was friends. We meet up for contests, go skate each other's houses go street skating, all that. Um, so, yeah, the Zero came to town, did a demo. Oh, and then I – and then – so Sal started 23. Yep, yep. I had a board. I had uh, – it was like a burnt orange deck, and it had like a weird shrunken like head with its mouth yeah. open. Yeah, something like that. It was fucking cool, though. So he, st- he started 23. So he's, he's like – me and him stay in contact, and he's like, started 23 in Elwood. And he was like, hey, dude, like, I'm going to start sending you boards. Yes. So he started sending me boards. And then those dudes came out for a demo. The 23 guys were on tour. And they came out. I skated with them, like, two or three demos. And so I was like, dude, just move out. Like, move out. You can come stay with me. Da, 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 da. And, it, like, I was like, ah, oh, thinking about it, but never, you know, like, not super serious. He was asking you to move out? He's like, hey, if you want to move out, like, you can come live, you can come stay at my house. To California? Yeah, in Long, in Long Beach. No shit. Um, so I have some good friends. My good, my good friends, Gotham and Micah, like, I'd always hang out with them, like, that, that was like my dudes, and then like, they were just like, dude, what, why are you here? What are you doing here? Beat it. Like, literally, they were like, dude, you need to, you need to go to California and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, get out of Circuit City. Yeah. Go and like pursue this. Fuck it. Good for yeah. Awesome. Unlike Shannon, Shannon Shannon led you astray. I'm sorry. You might still be friends with him or whatever, but he fucked you, dude. He got you on a company called Ann. It was a symbol. (laughs) It was a fucking symbol. You heard Mark Johnson. (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) These guys are good friends. I'd listen to them. Yeah, Yeah, they they were awesome. And like literally, I was like, all right, so. I picked, decided when I was going to leave, and, like, my little sister graduated high school, and, like, the next day, I, had, like, had everything packed, left, and my buddy took a road trip out with me and just moved to Cali. How old are we at this point? Dude, I was probably, like, 23. 23, about to go to Cali. I like it. That's a good time to, to, to do 23, it. maybe 24, like, somewhere in that in that range. Like, on the cusp of, like, if I don't do this shit now... Circuit City for life. Oh, man. Fucking. Can I help you? Is there something wrong with your packaging? Do you need an extra bag? Oh, no. You need another circuit breaker. Oh, that camera sucks. You need to get this camera. Oh, yeah. And make sure you buy the insurance. (laughs) Fuck, man. Which, there's nothing. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with these jobs. But No, no, no. It's just for some people and, like... Not for some people. Yeah, yeah but, but you would have missed out on all the fucking epicness that's about to come. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. We get out to California. We're riding for 23. Riding for 23. I move out there. I stay at Sal's house. Um, and, like, he's like, yeah, you can come, like, work in the warehouse or whatever. And, like. He had a warehouse? Well, yeah, they had a warehouse for Elwood in 23. And they had a mini ramp. Right. And actually, um, yeah, like, 
I got an interview or shortly after, like Burnett shot some photos and what? I had a little, little like, yeah. And I had a like little two page interview in Thrasher. Fuck yeah. And I had like a photo on the mini ramp and then like a front board down like a handrail or something. Like, and that was like, oh, you know, like talking about, you know, like, oh, why are you coming back? Like all this. So like that was kind of the start. And then um, I, uh, so uh, for like the first year I was out there, I bounced around a bunch. I couldn't decide like, like I was staying at Sal's house, but it was like him and two other dudes and I was sleeping on the couch and like I didn't really have I wasn't making any money I was like just spending money I had saved I didn't have a car I, I had a car but I didn't like I didn't know anything I didn't know where I was going anything then I had a, a buddy I grew up with that lived in Escondido like northern San Diego more uh east northeast um I went and stayed with him for a little while but he was married and like it was putting like him in a bad situation he's like i'm sorry like he's like i can't get laid with you here man you gotta get the fuck out of here he's like <laughs> my shit up right now like this is not working he's like seriously i'm trying to get it in and like you're on the couch and you smell you've been skating and shit like she's pissed you don't do the dishes you gotta get the hell out yeah so for the first year i <laughs> bounced around a bunch skated and then like i literally was like all right i'm i'm gonna run out of money like yeah. my like, I got to go get a job. Were there any Circuit Cities out in California at this time? Yes, yes. but I did not go work for Circuit City. <laughs> you had experience. I'm just wondering. I did. You would have been a shoe-in. I actually, so so then I got a job at Duff's. Sick. Well, RP was there? I don't I don't know. Oh, this might have been before RP's time, actually. Uh, so this is, I, I worked at Duff's in the warehouse. Sick. And I was working in the warehouse. And one day, like, I'm working back there, and, like, they have a mini ramp, and I can see the mini ramp from the warehouse, and I'm putting some stuff away, and Markovich rolls through. Sick. And I probably hadn't seen him in, in a couple, at least a couple of years, or talked to him. And, like, he's like, Charlie? And, like, we started talking, exchanged numbers, and then, like, then we started hanging out. And then that's, like, I started to, like, have someone I could hang out with all the time and skate with and be around. And so like I, I worked at Duff's for a little bit and I actually got fired from Duff's. I think it was like more like a seasonal work. Like it was like, Oh, it was like during back to school season. We need people to come help in the warehouse for X amount of time. They didn't catch you like jerking off in the lunchroom or anything. No, <laughs> no. It, it was like the worst work anyway. It was like unloading trucks. Yeah. 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 Container comes, truck comes, eighteen wheeler comes in. You got to unload it, and then you got to go stack all these boxes somewhere else in the warehouse. See, um, yeah. So then, then I moved to. Um, Let me stop you. Let me stop you. I'm sorry. I want to ask you a little bit about Chris Markovich at this time. What's his situation? What's he doing? Who's he riding for? Maybe just go in a little bit about Chris, because I'm a big fan. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, at this time, Chris is riding for Element. Hell yeah. He's still riding for Element, rides for Duff's. Um, and then we started hanging out. He's he's married. Um, I ended up, like, getting a place down the street from him and his wife. And so we're hanging out all the time. Awesome. Oh. Like And, like, you know, rekindle our friendship. And, like, we're skating together all the time and hanging out. And I, I was still working. So then I got a job working at Warehouse Records. 
Sick. And then like literally two doors down from warehouse was a Starbucks. So I worked at both. I would literally get, I would get off at the record shop, have like 20 minutes and I'd go to work at Starbucks. You fucking work it to a close. Yeah. Hustling. Make it happen. So yeah. So like that first year I did all that and then ended up moving to San Diego and worked at just Starbucks and became friends with at this time, then Chris, me and Chris are still hanging out, talking, and he starts writing for Foundation. Sick. Fuck yeah. I've always liked Foundation. Dude, absolutely. So cool. So I get to know all the Foundation dudes, Josh Beagle, Ethan, John West. Like, I start to know, kind of know all those dudes. And then a position comes up that they are looking for a team manager. And wait, wait, are you so? At this point, I'm just working at Starbucks. But you're over being pro. You're thinking team manager at this point. At this point, I'm just like I'm just trying to survive, and I'm like looking for a job. I just like want to be in the industry. Like, like if it's if it's as a professional, cool. If it's not, like you know what? Then I know I have a steady paycheck, and yeah. I don't have to worry about like, oh hey, like I hope I get my five hundred dollars. Yeah, you're just trying to get out of the grande game, the fucking venti. Right, right, exactly, uh, exactly. Bullshit game. <laughs> yeah, so the uh, the opportunity comes up at Tom Yeto. I interview for it, and they like drag their feet on it for like a couple weeks, and then finally, like the team manager that were there was there was leaving. It was his last week. And they're like, "All right, cool. Like, why don't you come in? You can start training with this dude." So I had like one week break in, and then all right, here you go. You're a team manager for. Foundation, Pig, Toy Machine, Zero. Um, I think that was all the companies they had at that time. Do you know Kevin Marks? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sick, man. He actually came on the podcast. I haven't released his episode yet, but uh, he came on. He was a very cool dude. Yeah, Kevin's awesome. Yeah, he's very cool. Uh, I was. Uh, we talked about a whole bunch of shit. I can't wait to share. Nice. All right, so you get the team manager job, and you're... You're switching modes because you're no longer pro. You're just getting into like dealing with shithead pros. I imagine. I'm 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 the professional babysitter. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. How's that going with that? That's such a crazy group of people. That whole like Tomietto Foundation. Like they have so many individuals and different types of people. Like I imagine that was quite the fucking job. Dude, absolutely. But it was like Ed and Jamie pretty much like they they handled all their stuff. Mm-hmm. For zero and toy machine, I would just be like, "Hey man," they just be like, "Hey, can you send this dude a package?" Or "Hey, like, send this dude or whatever." But like, Beagle was like kind of foundation, but you know, Beagle was very relaxed and he didn't. You can just handle it, you know. <laughs> um, so he, um, I, I did, I did like the bulk of the work for Pig and Foundation. Fuck it, and. That eventually led to Zero leaving, Ed going through the things he did at Toy Machine of, like, no team to building up to everything, and then Markovich writing for Foundation, and actually in Art Bars, he's at the end, in his part in Art Bars, he's writing a a hand-like drawn Hollywood board. Oh, this is that transition. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so then... He starts Hollywood right after Art Bars. 
How does how did how did Markovich go from? Did he had just have money saved up and he just said fucking I'm starting a brand? Um, he 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 went to those guys and it was oh. it wasn't it wasn't his money. Okay, so it was within Tomieto. Yeah, yeah, it was through it was through the Tomieto umbrella. I didn't know that. Okay, okay. But like, I mean, yeah, at this time, yeah, Chris Chris did well. He he had a shoe on audio and he was crushing it and like then he was like starting his own brand, Hollywood, and um, yeah. So so during this course of time, I went on all the trips with everyone as the team manager and took everything. But like, I was still a skate rat. I just wanted to skate. So if there was a demo, I was skating. Fuck yeah. I know this. You were my team manager at work. You <laughs> put in just as much work as a fucking professional skateboarder as a team manager, dude. You don't ever put skating on the back. You you definitely, that's, I know that. People know that. That's awesome. And I love that. Like, if anyone ever talks shit, like, oh, he fucking skates and he's a team manager, I'd tell him to suck a dick. I'd be like, dude, you didn't learn 540s at 38. or whatever. The only, the only one that would ever get boned would be Andrew. Yeah, and Andrew, I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> He'd respect me for that. <laughs> no, because he was just like, "Oh, you need to be like shooting photos and filming and da da da." And I'd be like, "Dude, I just want to skate." Like, but like all those foundation trips, we always had a filmer and a photographer. Yeah, I was just there to like keep everyone in line and make sure we got to places on time. They're like Charlie. We need a fucking crow grab in a back three, and then you can relax, and then you get it in. I'd be like, "Let's do this." I got this. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, those, I mean, I learned so much during that time. And so then because of that, just that same thing, like of always skating and filming and like skating the demos, um, Marcus was working on a, on a catalog for Hollywood. And so like he's, he's there for a couple down for a couple of days. He lived in Hollywood at the time. And so he, he, he comes down, he's working in the art room, art room for a couple of days, staying at my house. And then he's like, yo, check, he's like, hey, checked out this new graphic we just did, dude, sick. So like, puts down this piece of paper, and it's, and it's a Charlie Thomas team manager model. Yes, I fucking love it. So like, I'm like, what? So like, it's got like a note written in the middle of it, and it's like, here at Hollywood, we strive to, you know, do different things. I forget exactly what it says, but it's like, so we're, here, here's, here it is, the first ever, team manager model and it was like and it was like charlie thomas team manager model and he like signed it and it's like him and the whole graphic was him making fun of that i was vegan <laughs> i feel like i'd be best friends with it, it was like it had like it had like the six dollar burger on the tail with like a candle and then on the top of the graphic was the top graphic was like outline of two Two like cows, cows heads with like a gun shooting it, like it was amazing. Yeah, so that transition from team manager model to like, like a little bit later, like a couple months, you know, next line or whatever. Like, here's your board. They're like, fuck it. The dude is just you can't fucking give him a title. He's just a fucking skateboarder. Give him a fucking board. Yeah. So and that's where that's where I, I guess became pro again. Yeah, you just recaptured the fucking flame again. It did well deserved. Thank you, sir. No worries. I want to ask you if you could sum Chris Markovich up to people at this time. If you could tell him like a paragraph about Chris and what he's like at this time. Go ahead. At that time, dude, he was 
still such a beast and like still was like putting in a lot of work for all his video parts. I think a lot of like he had, he had that reputation of being like a gnarly dude. Like how so? How so? Well, like gnarly dude and like oh he's just gonna quit. Like oh like he's just gonna quit this company. Oh he's just gonna quit this company. Why is and, like, why why is that? Well he had a crazy artist. He, he had the reputation he would get mad and and like he would get mad fly off the handle and then be like well fuck it dude I'm I'm out like but like he if you got to know him like because people were like scared of Chris like they were like dude I don't they didn't know him and outside looking in you'd be like like he's a little brawler like he gets wasted like he parties like he's like super gnarly on a skateboard like but generally the, the nicest like if he has your back. It's it's to the end. Hell yeah. All the way to the end, like family, you know, like and like we were thick as thieves, you know, like we were like at that point in time we were inseparable. Like it'd be like if you if if it was him I was there or if it was me, you know, he was around. That's right. It sounds like he has a big heart though, just much huge. like you. the hugest heart. Yeah. The hugest heart. Like absolutely, like those that he surrounded himself with, that he would like his friends, he would have done anything for. Fucking rad. He he got me a job at Tumieto, got me a job at Hurley. Fuck. Then we then we all started Art House, which was Crimson, and then into distribution, and then like him and other partners, kind of they got into it. Everybody went their own way, and I decided at that point in time I needed to like make my own path. Yeah. Where it led me to world. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. It led you to world industries. Yeah. And which, which ironically, so I went from living in San Diego to then living in Costa Mesa and working in Costa Mesa and um, working at Hurley for like two years as the team manager there and then got laid off. And then we started, like a year later, we started Crimson. And we, fun. Why'd you get laid off? Was the surf bad? <laughs> Sorry. Because they, they got bought by Nike. Hey. For, and then for like a year, they, they, nothing changed. And then it started coming in. Oh, like, you need to get rid of this much money. This department needs to get rid of this much money. You need to get rid of this. Did they, does Nike still own Hurley? Is Hurley still around? Yeah, Hurley's still around. And it's still owned by Nike. No shit, I didn't know that. Good to know. Converse. Say it again? So it was Converse. Converse is what? Owned by Nike as well. Oh, it is? Yes. Well, fuck me running. Good to know. <laughs> I was. I have a theory about Nike. Um, I'm not anti-anything. Like, really, I don't give a fuck. As long as there's a healthy balance. I say this on all my podcasts. I say it on all my podcast. There's always going to be a fucking some big corporation that wants to get involved in skateboarding. That's awesome. If they, if as long as they support real skateboarders, you know, if they like, if Costin's retiring and Nike's hooking him up, good, Dude, good. If, yeah. That's what I always said. Look, hey, it might have took those corporations to come in for dudes to get paid, but look, in end of the day, they're still professional athletes. I don't care what anyone says, like how people get, oh, it's, it's not a sport, blah blah, whatever. That's fine. But end of the day, you put that much time in, in filming video parts, putting your body on the line, like for 20 years, 10 years, like 
you should be able to walk away with something. Not like, all right, cool, I have no skill set. I guess I'm going to go work at McDonald's. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, it's funny and sad at the same time because that's – You know, like we, we've, we've done a good job of like incorporating our own and be like groom guys to move them into positions within a company or, or you know, some guys have branched off, started their own thing. But for, the, for those guys that have put – like Costin, I hope the dude does retire. And, and can live off of his Nike money or whatever, you know, like I think he saw that opportunity when he left Lakai and was like, Hey man, if I don't take my payday now, I don't know if it's going to come again. Healthy balance, Chuck. Healthy balance. That's yep. what it is, man. As long, cause like when those big corporations come in like they did, then that's what causes the all I needs and the fucking polars and all these small brands to pop up. There's and preservation. A, preservation. There's a reaction to that. You know what I mean? It's like, absolutely as long as there's a healthy balance the problem is if it gets too like monopolized like if it's just all if the whole industry is owned by nike which is kind of crazy that that they own converse as well um but if the whole industry is owned by just one person then that just doesn't work you know so it's like that's on us as skateboarders like fuck that we're gonna do our own thing and just i mean we're the skateboarders we have the heartbeat and the pulse if we can't compete with nike that means we don't understand skateboarding and I fucking certainly love skateboarding. I'm in the trenches right. all the fucking time. So I don't think Nike can fucking promote skateboarding any better than I can. You know what I mean? Like, we're on the same fucking playing ground. Especially now, playground. Especially now with social media and technology and all that stuff. It's like, you know, we're not confined to just advertisements, you know, paying right. money to get in the magazines. Now it's like, you know, we're on the level playing field. I'll compete with fucking anyone. Slay dragons, Charlie. Slay Hey, I, re- I remember... When you got your first iPhone, <laughs> and you're anti for so long. I was, I was. And then once you got in and you got the taste, the water was fine, and you're like, it's a social media apocalypse. I fucking love freedom. Freedom's a good thing, even though it costs money. <laughs> but I got unlimited data right now, fools. The only way they fucking stop me is if they clog up the unlimited data. But I'm grandfathered in with Verizon, so they're going to have a hard time shutting me the fuck up. And I have the podcast. It's just hard to shut me the fuck up. Nike yeah. Nike will have to pay me millions of dollars to shut me the fuck up. So, so Get at me, Nike. The podcast. <laughs> it, it started with us listening to Rogan, right? Damn right. Yeah. You were there, Chuck. You know. Yeah, for sure. And actually... This was like earlier I was looking on I was looking up some stuff. So I would say, oh cheers. I would say that it started ten questions in a six pack. No, it did. We actually brainstormed the original Shetler show and it wasn't the Shetler show, it was it was that. It was ten questions in a six pack. You're absolutely right. That's the beginning. That's where I got my legs, dude. And that's yeah, that that was what Anthony did at World Industries and we filmed him and he interviewed Andrew Cannon, Tim- Mike Franklin, Timmy Knuth. The first one is actually you're asking Timmy about an ad, and we were in um, Harry's <laughs> kitchen. Timmy's mom was so bummed on that. She called me out. She's like, dude, because I'm, I'm trying to, like, Timmy's awesome, but he's, like, a quiet dude. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't know Timmy, 
You're just oh, gonna, he's not going to say two words if you don't know him. You're just going to see his fucking kickflip crook down Hollywood 16. But if, but if, but Timmy is a rad individual. Like he, he is just so cool. Like I love Timmy. He's just a skate rat, and he's funny, he has humor, and he's just like kind of nerdy, but not at the same time. So like I'm trying to drag that out of him, and his mom just. We were talking about beer and like just relaxed stuff, and his mom was not feeling it. She called me out last, like when I saw her. Yeah, she's I, like, remember, I remember. I remember. But I'm like, fuck, dude. Timmy's so awesome. He's got to share a little bit of everything. The tricks are cool, but let's let's let let, let the world know who Timmy is. All right, I got a question for you. A serious question, Chuck. <clears throat> how was I to deal with? You were my team manager at World Industries. How was I? How was I? How was I to deal with? Be honest. Such a prima donna. <laughs> <laughs> your bullshit. <laughs> no, hey, I mean, I I came I came looking for you, so no, you were you were you were awesome because you wanted to work. Yeah, you wanted to work, and we we all understood that. Hey, we're in this together, and we're building something. That I was just talking um, with someone the other day about you know I've, I've team man I've, I've team managed for like a bunch of different companies and got to know a lot of dudes, but like at last. You know, round when I was at World Industries, like, dude, we, I mean, I mean, RP had his, his newest baby text all of us to be like, Hey, I just want you guys all to see this. Like, yeah, you know, that was such a tight group and we were just all in it together. Like, that's brothers, man. Like, it was, you know, there was, and, and, and I mean, I never, I never stood for anyone's bullshit though. Like, I was easygoing, dude. But I never put anybody on the team that was bullshit. No, yeah, no. You definitely fucking handled your business, man. And you were dealt some weird cards with some leftover people that were still on the team that were dragging ass. And you just kind of had to, like, try to, like, negotiate and work your way into, like, getting yeah. people that were on the same page and wanted to, to work. And not be- I, I, I had to, you know, sift through some things for the first year or so Yeah. till, till it was like, all right, you can, like, make these changes now. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I honestly, I was talking to RP on his podcast, which I'll release soon. I'm, I'm releasing these motherfucking podcasts in whatever order Dude. the fuck I want. Okay, don't fucking give me a hard time. Dude, what are you doing? Like three a week? I mean, I'm recording about three a week, but I'm only releasing them on Mondays. But I have a stack, and it's like it nice. sucks because I want to start leaking them because it's like I want them to be in real time. So like. We're recording this one now, and I want this to be the next one. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna eventually get to that point. But I'm sitting on a few heavy ones that I'm gonna really like. I said the Lutz is coming up. Nate Sherwood. Oh my God, Nate's is so fucking good. Hey, you know we share the same birthday. You and Nate? Yeah. Fuck yeah, Nate is awesome, dude. I I don't care what people fucking say. Nate was so original and so he's so skatastic. Yeah, exactly. There's no one like fucking Nate, and his podcast is gonna prove that. Like he's like. He's hard to swallow because he's a lot. He's an intense person and he talks a lot and da 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. But Nate in a podcast form is fucking perfect because that dude just has – he has it. Whatever it is, he has it. Anyways, where are we so going? So, no, you, you, were, you, were, you were a damn good team rider and, like – Thank you. I always see, like, I the way I skated and the way I approached anything, like, was – Hey, like, I'm going to give it my all if I'm filming something and I'm either going to make it or I won't be able to walk or I won't, my board's going to break or like, I won't have an excuse. I'm just going to keep going until I fucking make it. And you're the same. So like, for me, that was like, dude, I love skating with this. I love going out with Anthony because 
he has that same spirit of like, I don't care, dude. I'm, I, if if we're here for three hours, we're here for fucking three hours. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to make this shit. The fucking trenches, Charlie. I call them the trenches. And that's it. When yeah, absolutely. In, when, like, when you're in war, you need fucking people beside you that you know that will grind it out in those trenches with you until the job is fucking done. Dude, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're definitely a good general. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to ask you. I actually, you just jarred my memory. I was going to ask you earlier, but I'll ask you now. What is it that fires you? What's that fire inside of you? What is that that makes you want to skate? Like, that makes you want to keep going? Like, like you just described, dude. I've watched you battle tricks. Like, I've watched you fucking learn fucking 540s at age 38. Like, like what is it that makes you want to progress and keep going and land that trick? What is it that is... What? There's, yeah, there's still that fire that, like, you look at something and you go, you know what, I think I could do that. And then you get in the mode of like, no, dude, I, I can do it. I just like, if I keep trying it, I can do it. And then you start getting close. And then it's just like, do you really, I never wanted to be like, you know what, dude, I'm just not feeling it today. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to, dude, I, I, I deal with that sometimes. And I'm like, is this dude for real? Like you just like landed on it and stepped off and you're like, I'm over it. Yeah. Like I never got that mentality, I guess, because I was just like, I was all heart and like, I was just like, I put everything into it and I still feel that if there's something I really want to do, like, it doesn't, I'm going to do it till I do it, you know, like, because I want that feeling of riding away from it and being like, fuck yes, dude. Like, I thought about that. I didn't know if I could do it, but you know what? Like, I persevered and was like, I'm fucking doing this. Yeah, um, there's still that that drive's just still there, you know. Like I just battled a trick like last week for a couple hours. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, you know, like be happy. You know, like I still was like, you know, want to, you know, like I see something, be like, I want to do this, and like I still want to go out and do it. I still want to like, it still feels good, you know. Like I'll say this, Chuck. I'll say this. I love that you have that mentality because. As you get older and as you get into different titles and different jobs, it, like, wants you to pull you... It wants to pull you away from that. Like, I can feel that. It's like they, like, want you to take a back seat to that. It, well, yeah, they want... That's the... Well, you know what, dude? I'm such and such age. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I shouldn't be doing that. Or, like... Yeah, you know what? If that's the excuse you want to use, that's fine. But, like... If you believe in working hard and no matter what you do, like you work hard and you like get better at it and you want to reach your goal. You want to get to where you're going. Absolutely. That's what skateboarding taught me. That was the biggest thing skateboarding taught me was that you just don't like submit and give up that you just like if you really want to do something, you keep pushing that till you do it. Absolutely, man. You fucking nailed it right there. I love skateboarding, man. I, I like. I'm gonna be 80 years old and still in love with skateboarding. Like, it's just fucking in me. It's just like you. Dude, absolutely. It's fucking. It's the I best was, thing. I was talking. Dude, I was talking to someone the other day about. Um, uh, so like, besides um, working out in preservation, I also teach some CrossFit classes. Shit, and I and I, and I run a. Um, and I run a this all ladies boot camp. 
Wait, what? Wait, yeah. what? Wait, so you run a, a a CrossFit boot camp for ladies right now? Well, well I, it's a it's a boot camp, so it's like a six week boot camp, and like, so I like, I have a a class that I teach every for six weeks at a time, and then we take a two week break. I have a five thirty a.m. class, and it's usually between twenty thirty ladies. Ooh, show it to me. Hold on, I'm peeing. <laughs> We're in the Shetler show. There's no fucking rules, Charlie. I can take a piss in the middle of the podcast. That's what happens when you have too many beers and you gotta pee. Yeah, but I don't want to stop the conversation. Can you hear that? Oh, I can hear that. Don't forget to don't forget to shake. Wait for it. No, still more. There's still more. Hold on. All right. I feel like I can do this on your podcast because I really feel like you're my family. So like. Yeah. You're lucky I wasn't there because I would have came behind you and gave you the earthquake test. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. How how do you how did you bring this up? This is fucking awesome, by the way. You know my girl does pole dancing. She's actually dude, absolutely. I, dude, I remember because like I came and stayed, and I was in the middle of doing insanity. Yep. And I was like, I was like, I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it for the sixty days. I don't care. Yeah. And and I remember. It, like, your girl been like, dude, that's kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> does that shit every day? Yeah. And then she started getting into it, and I was hyped because, like, she found that, and she was just, she's like, dude, I watch her stuff she posts on Instagram, and I'm like, damn. She's a fucking beast. Dude, absolutely. I used to wake up on trips, and I used to sleep at Char- on Charlie's floor all the time, and I wake up. To this man doing some crazy positions and fucking P90X and yoga and like, I wake up like super early like, what the fuck is going on? I just like hung over or just fucking piled out on the floor. You were just crushing it, man. You had discipline in that and you were always into being, I mean you were, I don't know if you're vegan now. You were vegan definitely the majority of the time that I rode for World. You've always yeah. been health health conscious and really into being healthy and physical physically fit. Where does this stem from? Lead me into the what you're doing now with it. Um, so it, it, it's it's still pretty much the same. Like um, so, a a buddy of mine that used to skate, he was a personal trainer and he was running these boot camps for years. His women's boot camps. He has like three locations. So he opened a CrossFit place a little, like a year and a half ago. It's called Supra CrossFit. No listen uh, to the shoes. I mean, he likes the shoes, but it wasn't like because of that. It's actually funny because he he he's like, so so to be a, an official CrossFit gym, you have to pay a membership due to use the word CrossFit, what? and they have to approve your name. Fuck that! I just so, switch it up. It'd be Cross Tit. <laughs> so he he told me he submitted a bunch of names. And they kept coming, like, they kept, like, no, no, no. And finally, like, and he liked Supers, and he wore Supers to work out in. And he's like, what about Super CrossFit? And they were like, okay. Fucking nailed it. So that's what he stuck with. So he opened this CrossFit place, and then, like, showed me where he was going to open it, everything, and just let me go there for, like, and go and work out for, like, the first six weeks so I could get my feet wet and learn, you know, the movements and everything. So I trained there for like six weeks and then shadowed one of the trainers for a couple of weeks. 
how he taught the classes, studied like, you know, what exercises I needed to learn and everything. And then a couple weeks later, you know, after I shadowed him, it was like one day like, hey, here he goes. Next class is your class. Damn. So now I like I have a class um, pretty much like I usually run this 930 a.m. class Monday through Friday. And then I also when boot camps in session, I do the boot camp class at 530 a.m. for an hour. Do you enjoy this? The 530 is harsh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But, you know, like um, it taught me a lot about like learning to be in, in, in that crowd of people. Yeah. And like not being authoritative, but being able to, you know, like handle that many people at once and like, you know, speak in front of that many people and have the confidence to be like, all right, we're doing this today and we're blah, blah. Okay. And you stay in line and, and like learn to like lead and and just be better at knowing those exercises and being able to give cues and 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 make the workout fun like you know all it's funny because all the years i've watched tony horton and all that and he'd always crack those jokes dude i saved some of those sometimes i'm like i'm like do your best forget the rest (laughs) no I'll, i'll throw some of those out there because you know like they were corny, but like when I'm working out and I'm struggling, and this dude was cracking jokes. I'm like, I learned them because I, I do them so many times, and it just got to be like part of it. You so need, I, you need to fucking make some fucking workout videos involving skateboarding, and you're just, yeah. you're gonna be the skateboarding CrossFit dude, and that's gonna be that's gonna be it, skyrocket. I'll, I'll say this for for everyone, get a foam roller. Ooh, I got get one. A good, get a good foam roller and actually use it. I got two. I got one that's like the blue one that's just smooth, and then we yeah. have a darker blue one that has like the army bumps on it, the ridges where it's like, you know what I mean? My girl has all that shit, and I roll my back out, and she tries to give me Yeah, I have the shorter version of that one. That's exactly it. Damn, yep. That thing looks fucking medieval. That's like three yeah. feet long or like three feet long. It's like three feet long, yeah. It's a fucking beast, dude. Yeah, but I mean, dude. So that's what it was. I mean, I always liked to be in shape, and 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 because I wanted to keep skating, I didn't want I didn't want to be like, oh, like there's that old fat dude like trying to do ollies up the curb, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like I don't know. I just I wanted to be able to be like, hey, yeah, if I, if I still want to skate, I can. There's no excuse of like, dude, I'm too old, I'm out of shape, blah blah, whatever. Like, yeah. Like, it's why? Why give in to that? It's fucking awesome. I mean, more people should... I'm Just having your heartbeat. I mean, skating and working out, like, the average person that I think of, it's like, they need to get their heart beating more. Like, the if you just have your heart beating and you sweat, and you, that's like feeling alive. Like, that's a basic thing that a lot of people fucking forget about because they have to work nine to fives and they're exhausted, and they go fucking home, and they eat shitty food, and they watch shitty TV, and they forget, like, I'm a fucking alpha male, or I'm a fucking god, or a god. I'm a a human, and, like, I need to move around, and, like... I feel fucking alive. I feel lethargic, and beat down, and depressed, and doing shit I hate. I want to feel my heartbeat, I want to feel the sweat, and I want to feel excited, like, I want to feel, like, yeah, that's basic shit in America... Fuck. And that's that's there's so much brain stimulation that comes from that. Like, oh yeah, half of the good ideas are like middle of a workout or something. And you're just like, dude, just 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 popped in my head. 
Yeah. We're all like, whoa. And I go like when I get back home, I gotta do this or whatever, you know, like it was it's that constant motion, you know what I mean? I I I always felt like if I if I kept moving I could do like I could get twice as much done because my brain's going the whole time. Yeah. You know? I, I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah. I mean, we're bo- our bodies need it. They need to be fucking run. They need to be used. Right. They're not meant to be fucking sitting down all day eating shit food. Like, you're meant to fucking use everything you have. Right, right. That's cool, man. I'm so, I'm fucking hyped. So that, that does, uh, so you're, I know you work with preservation skateboards as well, man. Maybe we yeah, should get so, a little bit. So once I moved back to New Orleans after World, actually, back here. sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, but let's, let's not gloss over that. Please tell me your perception of what you think happened with World. I, you know, go ahead. What what my perception of is, or what happened to me? How you saw what happened with a skater company that wasn't owned by skateboarders? Um, they didn't care. <laughs> it was it was you know like a couple of dudes who never rode a skateboard before. Yeah. That, that didn't care, and then when the numbers got to where they didn't want it, they were like. Get rid of it. Like, Business wise, it makes sense, and that's what oh yeah, it was. It was it was black and blue. Was, you know, it was like it, black and white. You know, black and white. Here it is. Like, I'm losing money on this shit. Wait, why do we have a skateboard team? Why do we pay these dudes? They didn't care about the integrity of the brand or the history and of where the brand came from, or even the fact that we were actually building the brand back, and that we were actually getting starting to sell more. In this, in skateboard, legit skateboard shops, and like started actually, they were wanted to start listening on the design aspect of the shoes, and they didn't make, you know, they catered to the brand where they had to cater, but also like they started making some decent shoes. Yeah, I think they didn't realize that that all the momentum they had was because of the, the legitimacy of the people they had involved. Like you, RP, right. skate team. Like the only reason why they were making any sales and moving forward, besides big box stores. Like big box stores is one thing, but well, yeah, that's where they made their their money. But the problem is with that is that money shrinks up, you know. So you need that foundation, and that's what we brought to it was a foundation that could have kept it going. But since they don't give a fuck about skating, what's the point? It's just numbers and zeros. It's like if Charlie Thomas owned a scooter company and was like the it made you millions, and then all of a sudden you use that same analogy. I think on Marks, are you were talking about the skating everyone the scooter company? Yeah, perfect. Because it's like yeah. if you owned a scooter company and made you millions, and then you know you had to pay taxes and shit, and all of a sudden it's not making you any money you're like well why the fuck am i gonna keep these fucking scooters around you're just gonna dump that shit because you don't give a fuck you never been on a scooter before you're like right fuck this Absolutely. shit out but that's the problem when you have non-skaters that are like i'm gonna buy a skateboard brand to make money you know it's like well but like those dudes who own it to me because i i fought it for five years yeah was like it wasn't a skateboard company it was a shoe it was a footwear company to them yeah, they're just trying to make money. They were a footwear company that ha- that happened to have its roots in skateboards. Yeah, and they didn't necessarily feel they had to like let the skateboarding go yet, because they were still using that as a tool to license out the brand to make crappy skateboard stuff to go to big box stores and make tech decks and anything they could like. 
wakeboards, snowboards, anything they could license the brand out to, they had a foundation to go like, well, we're this skateboard company. Yeah, makes perfect sense, business-wise. Right. Fortunately, when business is bad, that means everyone gets cut and they drop the company. And then a legacy like World Industries is tarnished and destroyed and shredded. All that hard work and effort is out the fucking window because it's about money. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, fuck us, right? <laughs> I mean, in the day, I mean, I literally was like, "Hey, like, like, hey, we're we're at this meeting, uh, like, you gonna be around later? Yeah, okay, cool." And, and I literally walked in because I at that point I had switched to production, doing production. Yep. So RP was no longer my boss. Bo was my boss. What up, Bo? What up, Bo? Brown. Um, so like I get called in a meeting and Bo's sitting there and Scott's sitting there at the table, who was our president at that time. But when you walk in that meeting, you know what's going on. Yeah. Like he, there's no like two dudes sitting down. They got some pieces of paper. They're like waiting for you like at the conference table. And you're just like, it's not like, you know, Hey, let's go. It, dun, you know, dun, dun. Yeah. Literally like, oh, fuck, walked in the principal's office. <laughs> I'm fucked, man. And it's real life at this point because this is your main source of income. Yeah, this is what this was my living. It's not know? a joke. It's not a joke. It's my living. So, like, I, and, and literally that day, like, Sharon, my wife, was going to pick up our dog. Hell yeah. And she was super excited. She's gone pick up and she's calling me, like, all day, like, hey, when are you getting off of work? Like. Like, you know, she like couldn't figure out which dog she wanted to pick, all this stuff. So like in the meantime, she's going to pick up our dog and um another mouth and, to feed. Yeah, and I and I get fired. I get like let go, like, hey, here you go, like you're you know, I get laid off. Yeah. You know, basically what they were like, your position's being eliminated because we're no longer gonna make skateboards. And I was like production manager for all of hard goods. So they were like, All right, cool. And, and like, literally, like, I had to, like, you know, go there, and they're like, sign this, here's a check, here's your last check, here's, like, some severance, some vacation pay, da-da-da-da, like, within, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes, I was done. And, like, you can't, what what am I going to say? No, I don't accept that. Like, maybe, all right, cool, we won't give you anything, and you're just fired. Yeah. No, like... So you have to accept it, and I literally, like, went, walked out, like, just flabbergasted, told RP, like, hey, man, like, good working with you, da-da-da, and he's like, what? And like, he didn't even know. Fuck, really? Yeah. He didn't even know. He's like, what? What, what, what are you talking about? Like, and I'm, like, on the verge of, like, tears, because I've been, you know, I've been busting my ass for five years, and then now I don't have a job. Dude, and, and, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but we we as a collective put our hearts into this, like heart and soul, absolutely. I dude. mean, you see in the background, you see, dude, my, I see all of them, absolutely. That's because of all our hard work, and like we were all communicating. All us skateboarders were like, we know that we know what skateboarding is about, and we know we can make this work if they just stop getting in our way. <laughs> you know, pretty, I mean? pretty much. I mean, yeah, if this, if six foot. Yeah, two six foot seven and a half was getting out of the way, then yeah, we did fine. 
So what do we do? What do we? That's it. And then I know you move. You just. So then I, I went back home and like I had contemplated for the past couple of years that I was there. Like if I wanted to move back to Louisiana, what I would do when I got there. Like because I've been gone for 15 years. Yeah. And all my family still live there. And I would get like once, maybe twice a year, get back there and see everyone. And like, you know, my parents were getting older. I have nieces and nephews. I'd see them, you know, they're like, you know, a foot tall. Then they're like three feet tall. And like, so, you know, I miss all that stuff. And then I was just like, you know what? And, you know, Sharon, Sharon wasn't, you know, she was kind of like on the fence of what she wanted to do. If she wanted to stay there, if she wanted to move, like, I knew, you know, we could have been happier moving, and I, I just felt like, you know what, this is my, this is the time. This was the sign for me to go. You know what? It, it's time to exit. You did a bunch of great stuff, like, and it's just time to move to see where the next thing happens. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I accepted. I like literally, we had about a twenty-minute conversation, and they were like, "All right, screw it, let's just move back." No shame, like, no shame in the game, dude. You fucking did a lot for skateboarding and continue to. So it's good for you to do that for sure. Yeah, it was it was great, and you know, like it was. Uh, two weeks later, we moved. Damn. Like it was, it was like literally like that, and like let's do it. And uh, yeah, once I got back here, um, my buddy James was doing had been doing preservation for a couple years, and I rode for for preservation for like two years while I was at world. Yeah. And it was, it was always just like my fun side project. That was a tie back home tie to like something fun that was back home. And once I moved back, like I was looking for a job and I'm like trying to figure stuff out. And he's like, dude, just, why don't you just help me run this? So it started, it started there. And then it was just like, you know, like, and then now it's just like me and him run the whole thing. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's exciting, and and I'm working on my brand as well. Blue Monday. Yes, sir. That's awesome. You're, what's the Instagram? Is it Blue Monday? It's Blue Monday LTD. So like limited. Awesome. Because blue, if you look up Blue Monday, you're not gonna get Blue Monday. There's like a jillion Blue Mondays. I like I like Blue Monday Limited. It sounds yeah. nice. It's got a nice ring to it. That's awesome. And what's what? It, what's the objective with that? What are you guys? What are you going to produce? What? It's going to be like an accessories type brand. Awesome. Um, we're working on the first line right now. I'll have like three T-shirts, bolts, bearings, um, wax, and it's the whole look and feel is like classic vintage men's grooming. Awesome. That's so sick. Yeah. So I'm excited. Like me and James just emailed me some stuff earlier. Like. Some some mock-ups of some T-shirts and other stuff. Where where are you right now, Charlie? You're right now. I'm I'm at my house in New Orleans. Okay, okay, yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah, cool. like in my office. <laughs> I like you were in your office. Yeah, I like the boards in the background, just like me. I see it. Yeah, those are. So, the one all the way to the left well, that is for our friend Warren Day, who passed away a couple years ago. All right. Uh, um. That's a memorial board, and in the middle is a Dwayne Petrie model that Alien Workshop did to coincide with the release of his Phil Free album. Hell yeah! And then the one, the last one is Tony Moriana's first board on Antihero. 
So Tony and Dwayne are both from Louisiana. Oh, okay, sick. So Timo, as he's known, <laughs> he's from Louisiana, and Dwayne, and then you also have Sal Barbier and Shannon May that were all pro from Louisiana. How? What's going on with uh, preservation right now? What are you guys working on? What do you got coming up? What have you been? What have you guys been doing? Right now, we just put out our spring summer line, um, and it's like we're excited. We feel like it's the best stuff that we've done so far. Hell yeah! Um, and uh, we just had like a welcome to the team video for one of the guys, and we're working on the next video drop, which will be we're going to highlight like three of the our up and coming guys. Awesome. awesome. So it's like it the, it will be centered around those guys, and then I'll have a board out um, in like six weeks, and I'm gonna have like I'm gonna put a, a little some some footage out to go with that board, to go with that graphic. Fuck yeah! I can't wait to fucking see it. Yeah, I'm I'm psyched. We uh we had uh, I haven't had a board in like probably almost uh, close to a year because. I put out a Tabasco board or a Tabasco-ish <laughs> graphic. Yeah, don't sue us. <laughs> hot sauce. So- I'm sorry, this hot sauce graphic <laughs> that I put out, which was actually a homage to the old Mark Heinzman ketchup bottle graphic. Sick. So it was like homage to that because it was drawn in that type of style, the way that graphic came out. Yep. And uh, McKinley Company caught wind of the board. And we received a cease and desist, so we had to not sell those boards. Wait, really? Recently? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like literally like a packet, like a good inch thick of like all their patents, everything on it. And, you know, their lawyers protecting their property. They're fucking ridiculous. What are they going to make, skateboards? No, they're not. It's like free advertisement for them. Fucking idiots. Exactly, and it, it's crazy because they're that the bottle, the Tabasco bottle, yes, has like some retarded like over twenty different patents on that bottle. They're so stupid. Like it, it was insane. I mean, literally, like you know, you you can't fight that, so you got to be like, okay, sorry. I mean, it's like you know, they were cool about it because they were like, hey, just we won't go after you, we won't do anything. Like, just you can't make it, and you can't sell it anymore. I just don't get it because it's like that's literally free advertisement unless they're planning to get into the skateboard game and make skateboard right. checks, which I'm right. pretty sure they're fucking not. Then it's just going to help grow their brand because you're going to have kids advertising their fucking shit all over the place. Foolish. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. You got to make a decision at that point. You can't just have the lawyers come in and go, well, fuck, we own this, blah, blah, blah. You got to go, look, we're not planning on making skateboards and these people want to fucking send advertisements around the fucking country for us. Duh. Sorry. <laughs> no, hey, and it was like, you know, they're from Louisiana. Yeah. They're from Louisiana. Yeah. Like, which you know, also, it was, which gets, it was kind of, you know, like homage to like, hey, like, you know, it's part of that tradition and everything like, you know, and that's one of the things we kind of always, or, you know, James's vision has always been is that some part of Louisiana under New Orleans will, will, be influ- the graphics of, of, of the brand will be influenced by it. It's not solely the basis of it, but there's, you know, an influence. This is what, you know, the brand's been about. It's about what the skateboarding means to us and, 
unique lifestyle and culture that's, you know, pretty much strictly New Orleans. You can't find it anywhere else. Oh, I mean, like, there's no other place like. Yeah, you guys have a rich history in New Orleans. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's like a lot of stuff to draw from. But, you know, you, you don't want to get too pigeonholed to be like, if you don't live here, you're not from here, you don't understand it. Yeah, makes sense. So, you know, find, find that fine line. But, um, yeah, the brand preservation's going to be five, um, like, in June. Damn, that's awesome. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Like in you know, last the last year or so, we grew like probably two hundred percent. Like, you know, we got picked up by Eastern, got picked up by South Shore. We're part of the um, when the barracks had the public notice thing, which showcased a bunch of small brands. We had a video, you know, submission in that, and we just always constantly are getting out there and. Social media wise, making videos, and I'm on the phone every day and calling chops. You know the grind. I fuck it, fuck yeah, I know the grind. I actually have a rep for all I need now, Conrad Furla, which is amazing to have Good a for rep. you. Yeah, it's amazing to have a rep because, oh man, I don't have enough time in the day to do everything I do. New England am all I need. The right. show, fucking nine to five, fucking. Whew, but it helps. It helps to have that dude that's like, you know, he's great at what he does and helps me. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, you know, like, we're working on my project and we have other th- you know, plans down the pipeline. And, and we're not far off from there, from, like, expanding it enough to, you know, have more than two people running the whole show. Yeah. But, you know, at this point, like, hey, that's my job, you know? So, like. It's great. It's- it's fucking crazy, Charlie, because what I've realized is that no one knows what the fuck they're doing in America right now. It's like when the recession hit, the whole game has changed. So right now, it's like everyone's trying to figure out how to build up the new economy with the tools that we have. That's what I've realized. Yeah, do do more for less. Yep. Yep. And And figure out how you're going to do it. But yeah, that's the beauty of it. With the tools we have and the technology and the internet and all the things we have, it's like you have to figure out how to use the tools we have to build up the new economy. And people are just trying to figure it out. They don't fucking know, you know? And uh, one thing for me is I'm like a natural born leader and I just find fucking ways. So for me, it's easy. You know? No, you're a you're natural born. You're a good leader, but you're a natural born hustler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More true to it. <laughs> you, you, are, you, you are a hustler from... When you're a kid, to staying on the grind 24-7 like you do now. Absolutely, dude. That's that's it. It's so hey, cool. Anthony, quick question for you. Please. Totally, totally off subject since we're on the Shetler show. Flip the script. What was your favorite trip that we did at, when, we're at, when you're on World? Woo. And why? Let me think for a moment so I can really, really appreciate this. Um because we actually did some pretty epic trips. We did. We did. We did some amazing trips, for sure. Um, well, the first thing that instantly comes to mind, and it's not necessarily my favorite, but my most memorable, is Texas. When uh, Franklin <laughs> fucking comes up. He comes Aretha up, Franklin? Yes. Yeah. Comes up to me at, we're at this most amazing barbecue restaurant ever. Like, I'm seriously sitting down with this most amazing meal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember this. 
the food's like melting in my mouth and Franklin comes up to me and he's just like, this is right after he's sacked the fucking handrail, tore his urethra, he's been through the fucking ringer, he's like straight out of, straight out of the- Had surgery, spent the night in the hospital. <laughs> straight out of the ER. Yeah. He's straight out of the ER and he comes up to me at, while I'm eating my fucking cornbread and he's like, dude, my fucking piss bag just broke, look at my shoe. And I looked down in his fucking piss bag because he had a fucking catheter in his dick and it fucking yeah. hooked up to a piss bag. It had popped at this barbecue restaurant and ran down his leg and his fucking shoe is just covered in piss. And he's just like, fuck me, right? <laughs> he fucking just bummed out. But like, I mean, but, dude, I don't know. Every fucking strip we did. Didn't did he, did he spill his drink into his food? Right after that? <laughs> That's what it was. That was like the straw that broke the camel's yeah. back. <laughs> I mean, every trip was so good, man. I loved everyone on World Industries. I fucking love you. I love RP. I loved everything we were doing. Like, we all had our hearts invested. Uh, fucking Ortiz was the fucking man. Like, we just, we had a good time, dude. And we, it was all about skateboarding and no bullshit and like, I don't know, dude, you guys, Charlie, seriously, you and RP and everyone on that team helped me, you know what I mean? Like, you look at the boards in the background, you helped something that I visualized in my head coming from the fucking project. You helped, you helped me reach a height that I pictured. You helped a dream come true, literally, as real as it is. You helped a kid that, like, I'm not always the most stable person. Because <laughs> I grew up in hell, you know what I mean? So to me, it's like, if I need to get heaven... Because I can't live in hell. So, like, you guys helped me reach that. You know, it's like I had these dreams. I love skateboarding. You guys helped me put my name on skateboards. You helped me travel to all these amazing places. You, like, you made me not feel in... You you guys made me feel not crazy because you guys believed in me. You saw my work ethic. And you just... You guys pushed in the same direction as I am. as, As I was going. And it's just, you guys made my life that much more beautiful, you know? And and I'm, the whole experience with World Industries was amazing because of you guys, not because of World Industries. You know what I mean? Right. No, it was, I mean, we did it all together. Yeah. The, the, we did it all I, together. It was, it was that, that, you know, the team that we, guys that, we, that I put together and, like, that we, like, collaborated on everything and were a big part of it and, like, absolutely. And, you know, like, we generally, like, all, no one, it was rad because no one was, like, I'm too cool or, like, I don't have to work or everyone's, like, Dude, we're in this, like, come on, like, pushing each other to take it to the next level, and, like, you know, and Ortiz is trying to get everybody fat. <laughs> Fucking Ortiz, he's just trying to get everyone to eat. I don't oh, know. yeah, baby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anthony, I tell you what, you get this, and I'm going to get this. We can split it. But ser- but seriously, seriously, from all of that, man, like, I wouldn't be where I am today without you and without RP and without that scenario, I wouldn't have all I need right now. And I'm very fucking happy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm extremely happy with how everything is and uh, you guys are my lifelong friends and that's why I was really... Absolutely. I was so excited to do this podcast. I was like, I need, I actually at this moment, I needed to talk to like a good friend. And that's why I I don't even really drink that much beer nowadays just because I'm so busy and I don't want to feel exhausted the next day. Right. But I was like, I was like, I'm talking to Chuck. 
I'm gonna drink a few beers and we're gonna get fucking sappy with it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this. Yeah, we're gonna do the damn thing. All right, all right, all right. Enough of that fucking pussy shit. Okay, we're men, Charlie. We're fucking men. All right, Charlie. We're talking, yes, sir. We're talking about being men, fucking men, eating protein, fucking dead animals, killing them, eating them. You don't kill animals. No, no. Yeah, I'm full of shit. You were a vegan for a long time, man. Kind of get into why that came to be and where you're at now. Work your way into that. Okay. Um, I essentially, I had a good friend who was vegan. My buddy got him. Yes, got uh, him's a man. Fuck yeah. yeah. He actually, he actually uh, married me and my wife. Um, Wait, what? He was our officiant for our wedding. No shit. Yeah, he, he introduced us. Good shit. Well, yes. Classic. Uh, yeah, when we were growing up, if, if we were kids, he was he was vegan, like high school. Um, and he would always be like, you know, like try to like, oh, maybe you should try it, blah, blah, whatever. And then one year for Lent, I gave up eating meat. Wait, 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 for Lent? For Lent. So if you're follow the Catholic faith, okay, faith during Lent, which is the six weeks leading up to Easter. You are supposed to give up something that you like or, you know, make a sacrifice for that six-week period of time. So I decided that year that I was going to not eat meat. So I did it for that period of time, and I just, I, my body felt better. I felt, you know, way better than I than I did, and, like, so I end, that was, was the spawn of it, and then I like just kind of took it from there, stayed with it. Yeah. Uh, there you are. There you are. Sorry, I knew. I just realized the camera wasn't on. I'm glad that you can see me again. I've been yes. working on my face. I think it looks good. It always looks good. Thank you. <laughs> so was it hard? Was that a hard transition? Um, I mean, I, I was vegetarian first. Like, okay. you know, like so I, I was vegetarian first, and I was, I mean, I. It, you know, I was, that was, you know, 15 years ago, so I was still learning about it. And I, this is, so this was before I moved to California yep. for the long haul. I gave up eating meat for Lent. And then I moved, and I was vegetarian. And then it transitioned into being vegan, which was like, you know, more or less giving up the dairy portion. And I wasn't a huge, like, cheese fan or, like, you know, ice cream or, you know, whole milk or anything like that. Like All so, fucking amazing stuff. Hey, whatever works for anybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you know, so uh, I, it just transitioned into that for me. And, um, you know, it was it was so. So earlier you asked me, you're like, dude, you've always been skinny because it's so hot down there, blah, blah, whatever. Before you, I mean, when I lived in Louisiana, at, at my probably height of like my weight, I was like 30 pounds heavier. So not that big of a difference. You know, like I was just a bigger guy because I ate. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care. Not that I didn't care. It wasn't like very conscious of what I ate. Yeah. So like, I just for me that that diet, the vegan diet, worked. Because I felt better. And a part of that was that, you know, it was better for the environment. Less animals died. 
da 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 But it was never the reason I did it. I was never like, hey, like, I'm waving my PETA flag and I'm going to go, like, tell you, like, you you can't do what you want to do. Yeah. Because it's never the way I approached it. I always just was like, hey, this works for me. Yeah, you never, you never fucking preached it. You never made me feel uncomfortable and forced me into anything. No, like... And I just, you know, like... Except for tuna fish. You fucking did not like tuna fish. Oh, dude, you're right about that. You're right about... You're right about that. Not that I didn't like it. The smell, like, made me want to gag. Tuna fish was the only thing that was just like, oh, God, dude, I'm going to go outside. Like, please don't make... Please don't eat that. Or anything else. I I stopped eating tuna fish for, like, five years because of you. (laughs) But that's fine. I didn't really give a fuck about tuna fish. That's so funny, dude. Small price to pay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, and and then, you know, over that course of time, I learned more about it, like, about eating a balanced diet. Because you could be, like, vegan and eat like shit still, because Oreos are vegan. You know, chips are vegan. Like, all this junk food processed crap. Especially nowadays, veganism kind of took off, so now they have, like, all types of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, they they can, you know, make anything synthetic. That you can make anything taste like what you want it to taste like. Yeah. But it might not be an animal product. That doesn't mean it's fucking good for you. Yeah, it's still bullshit. Right. So I just learned to, to you know, like, find what worked for me and my body and how I felt. And I just kept, you know, like, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Elwood. For the people listening, I just pulled Elwood, Elwood, my dog, up onto my lap. And Charlie is a fan. He knows him. Yes. Elwood the Great. Elwood. Elwood the Great. Oh, yeah. What's up, Elwood? Oh, Elwood, who's that? Who's that? That's, oh, that's Charlie. Yeah. That's Uncle Charlie. Yeah. He, for some reason, just wants to get inside my mouth. Get out of here, you little fucking pervert. <laughs> fucking Pepe Le Pew. He just loves his daddy. <laughs> Alright, so veganism. So they make a lot of shit. You, how long were you a vegan for? 15 years. Holy shit. 15 years I was vegan. My god, that takes some dedication. Good for you. Yeah. So, I mean, we've been on trips, you know. I'd go and have my little health food store bag. I'd take you guys wherever you want to go, but then I'd be like, hey, I'm going to the health food store, or I'm going to Whole Foods, or I'm going whatever. I might come out with an hour later with three things, but I had my three things. Yeah, you just graze. You go in there, you check shit out, like yeah. eat some nuts, fuck, come back out, chilling. Yeah, so I, I, it's just what I got used to and I, what I like. And um, uh, actually, like now I'm not. I'm I'm still eat as healthy as as possible. Yep. And uh, just you know, being with someone that that's not you know what they're into like they 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 respect it but they're just like you can't have the best relationship you can have with two people butting heads over what we're eating yeah that makes sense you know like so i had to you know she been she 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 bent i bent we met in the middle so like now i'll do fish i'll do shrimp I'll do some dairy. You act like that's a bad thing. It's delicious. No, no, no. It's, 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 it's not a bad thing at all, <laughs> but it was just, took a lot for me to get to that point. 15 you know? years, 15 years of life. Because I still, you know, you know, my diet will probably still be 85% vegan most of the time, but I've learned to be like, damn, my wife cooked some fish the other night. And it was amazing. And I was like, 
you know, it took a long time for me to get to that point to be like, yeah, I'll try that. And, and to be like, give it an honest, like, that's actually pretty fucking good. Yeah. You know? I'll say, I, there's, there's nothing better than having some wine and having some crackers and cheese. Backing it. Backing it. You know, like, hey, that's just, hey, they go well together, like, and they make vegan cheeses. Shit's just not the same. Yeah, definitely not. And and honestly, uh, the more I think about things as I get as I get older, who's that, Benny? Come here, Benny. My dog. Yeah, my dog. Benny, come here. I was trying to get him so you could see him. Hold on, hold on. Elwood, cut it up, Elwood. Come here, Benny. Benny, come here. Hey, so what I was saying was moderation. I feel like moderation in all things. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, absolutely. I do like the idea of veganism because you're not... I think what happens in this country is, you know, people are just used to buying meat and not, like, knowing what it takes to produce that meat, so they have a disconnect. Absolutely. So, I think the cool idea of, like, you know... I don't know, I actually listen to the Joe Rogan shit, and he talks about hunting all the time, and I like that idea. Oh, what's up? You got your dog? What's his name? Benny. Benny. Oh, that's right, Benny. What's up, yeah. Benny? B-b-b-Benny in the jet. Say hey, hi, Uncle Anthony. <laughs> I, like, I like his ears. He's got steezy ears. Yeah, he's part Dawson, part Terrier, a little Chihuahua. Oh, my girl would love him. Oh, yeah. Love him. That's um, awesome. The only dog you got? Yep. Hell yeah. He moved with us from California. He came from California. Yeah, that's right. I remember. I remember yeah. Um, yeah, so just, you know, sticking to a good, healthy diet that works for your body because everybody's body's built a little different, you know, and, and what, like, your body's going to crave and what it's going to need. And it's fi- figuring that out. And, and But still, you know, to maximize the potential you can have by, because what you put in is what you get out. Absolutely. You know, like. You are what you eat. Absolutely, dude. Like, people, like, are in, like, surprised, like, oh, wait, I, like. Cleaned up my diet, and I went this way, and now, like, I don't have these ailments. I don't have, like, I, I don't have diabetes anymore. <laughs> oh, you stopped eating, like, total garbage all the time, cleaned up your act, and, like, gave your body what it actually wants yeah. and what it needs. Like, there you go. Not a pill, not something that... The multi-billion-dollar pharmacies or pharmaceutical companies are telling you you need this. Oh, by the way, there's 20 other side effects that that's going to give you. Yeah, like going to sell you something else to go with that. Is there like here's some medicine for your fucking uh, your uh, acne, but it might give you explosive diarrhea. Right, right. Hey, any um, <laughs> I'll take look that. At, look at any advertisement that's on TV. Possible five side effects may include. Bleeding from the eyes, explosive diarrhea, I'll take chest that. or neck pain, hair falling out. Like, <laughs> well, I got that already. I got that already, Chuck. You you took the wrong pill. No, I didn't take any pills. It's just naturally, the hair just goes. Should have been the blue pill. God damn it. <laughs> um. All right, Chuck. I know we've been going at it for a long time. I believe we're over two hours. Maybe we're right on the cusp. Nice. Uh, I guess... How I want to kind of wrap this up is, whoo, sorry, let me take a deep breath. Bring it in, baby, bring it in. All right, all right, all right. Bring it in. Let's have fun with it. All right. How I want to wrap it up is, 
the fact that you're no longer a vegan is pretty awesome. I'll say that. Let's get that out there. Yeah, I posted a photo, like, I think last week or something, and it was, like, some fish. Moderation. And people, and people were tripping, like, what? I know. Like, just 15, fish? 15 fucking years. Yeah. They, they kind of box you in a corner after 15 years. You're like, you're the vegan. You can't yeah. get out of that. There's that fucking weirdo who doesn't want to eat anything. Fucking vegan fuck. <laughs> but, uh, um... Moderation's always good, you know. We definitely need protein. I mean, you can get protein from plants and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Nuts, beans, tofu, like quinoa, grains. Like, there's there's plenty of sources for protein. Yeah. You know, like, it's just what is going to work for your body the best. Absolutely. End of the day, you know, like, if end of the day, if it's, it's a steak here and there, Lean chicken or fish, go for it. You're chilling. Yeah. All right, how I wrap these things up are if people wanted to reach out to you, have any questions, maybe there's some ladies out there that might want to get in this little workout. You know, they're in your area. And uh-huh. to, yes. Yes. What's the, what would you like to plug, my sir? Um, preservation. Preservation Board Co. You can check our Instagram. It's at Preservation Board Co. Blue Monday is at Blue Monday LTD, Blue Monday Limited. Fuck yeah. I- uh, my Instagram is at Charlie Thomas, all, all one word. Um, you can reach me on any of those. Our Facebook, I'm there too. We're there too. Um, especially any shops. If you want to pick up uh, any preservation stuff, hit <laughs> me up on either one of those channels. Or you can email me direct. Charlie at PreservationBoardCo.com. Um, and let's have a conversation and have some fun with it. Before we go, I just want to ask you one more thing. It might go on for another 10 minutes. I don't fucking know. Who was your least favorite world rider? <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> that wasn't it, but yes, go. Hey, you just put yourself there. I'm down. Let's fucking do it, bro. Yeah, your games will not work for me. <laughs> you are good, but your games are not that good. You, you know what? We'll leave it at that. People can figure it out from Yeah, me. yeah. That one is a good inside joke for me and Anthony, but you can figure it out. All right, all right. But um, my question is, I want to ask this because I'm curious. I feel crazy. Maybe I am crazy. How do you feel about the world and the way things are going? I know this is a heavy question, but... I want to know what you see is going on in America and in, in the world, and how do you see the world going and the direction, and are you optimistic, half full, half empty, go? I'll always try to remain op- optimistic. I mean, it's a, Excuse me. man, I it's a really interesting time, especially over the past year, the amount of racial tension that's gone across the United States and to, like, you know, you can't hide it, you know, but, you know, who's, you know, it's gone on forever, but they, 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 they were able to hide it. Yeah. Now, now it's, it's, you know, because of social media, because everyone's got a camera or a phone or whatever, and you have podcasts and you have like all this technology, you, it's, it's, you can't hide it. Like it's, yeah, it's really, I mean, that, that stuff's really crazy. I actually, like went to call View Skate Shop the other day, 
and I was calling Gary and uh, Gary Smith, and I was like, I missed him. He wasn't there. And then I emailed him, and I emailed him, and I was like, you know what? Hey, man, like, I called just to, like, see what's up, talk to you. But I was like, you know what? I hope you guys are doing all right, because I realized, you know what? That shop's in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That shop's in Baltimore, and, you know, they the city was on lockdown. You had riots. You had, you know, um, curfews, things like that. And, then you know, they just raised the curfew um, the other day. So I was actually, like, generally was like, you know what, man? Don't worry about my sales call. I'm like, I, hey, I was just wondering, like, if you guys are all right out there. like, Yeah, like, is shit burning down, Gary? Right, right, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, Motherfuckers rioting in the street, Gary. Yeah. Someone flip a car. Somebody getting crazy. Yeah, I, it's, it's an interesting time. But I'm not, I mean, I'm with you. It's with the advent of all that, like, we also couldn't be at a better time in the world and it like and it's now more than ever like your choice to do what you choose with it if you're bold enough to do that if you don't want to take the safe route be a sheep and get out there and do a podcast or express your opinion or start a skateboard company or you know do follow your dream and go for it it doesn't always work, but end of the day, like you can try it, see what happens, or you can just stay in your safe zone and do what feels good to you. But the option's there. Yeah, absolutely, man. I feel yeah. like we're in the fucking wild west, dude. We're in, we're out in the fucking dude. wild. There's no fucking there's no rules right now. I, the the fucking veil has been lifted, where it's like. You know, we always thought that there's someone in charge. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. In this country especially, you feel like there's people in charge that know what they're doing. And I think what's gone on in the economy and the world and the way things are going, it's like, it just kind of showed its card. It's like, you know, the man behind the curtain, you know, doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And it's like, we don't, no one knows what they're doing. So it's the Wild West and we all got to figure out we got to figure out a way to make this happen, to make this economy work, to to use the tools we've been given to like kind of build up the new America. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You know, growing up, they always tell you there's like a plan and they got shit worked out and all that stuff. And now that I hit 32 and I'm looking at things and I'm like, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. It's literally like, yeah, what do you, what for? Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like. It's like no one knows what the fuck they're doing, so you gotta figure it out. You gotta just start building, trying, creating, and doing whatever you gotta do to try to find that silver right. lining and follow it. Because there's no, there's no rules to this shit. It's open territory right now. We can all, we can all make it happen. We just gotta find ways and be willing to do it, put the work in, and fucking charge it, man. Make it, make it, make it how you want it. Yeah, and all that stuff in Baltimore and all these riots and racial tensions that you're speaking about. It's been there forever. It absolutely has. That's what I'm just saying. It's now they were before they it could be swept under the rug more and and you know more injustice was done that wasn't reported. Yeah. That's not to say there's more now. That's just it's it's in, it's in the limelight and you can't hide it. Yeah. Everyone has a fucking cell phone. So now right. as, right. as we it's, just, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, because like I I mean. You know, I'm a white dude. 
I don't, I didn't have to grow, I didn't grow up with it, you know what I mean? Like, cracker. And I, yeah, cracker ass cracker. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I didn't, you know, like, so I didn't have to, like, go through some of that stuff. So, do I know if it's better or worse? No, because it's, you know, I'm of a more majority, but I mean, through, you know, skateboarding growing up and like people we associated with, we never saw color. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, it was just, hey, that's, you know, it's my buddy that skateboards. This is my friend that skateboards. Like, this is my, my boy. Like, you know, so it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that that mentality still exists. Yeah, it's going to be rooted out, man. I honestly feel that, that as we move forward, with the, as long as they don't take away the internet and the technology, it's like the it's everything's becoming more transparent, so we can see each other better. We they can't they can't convince us that all Chinese people are evil communists anymore because we can go on Instagram and see them laughing at fart jokes. You know what I mean? Just like we do. So it's right, like, nah, right. just like us. Don't fucking try to fool me and act like they're evil people or whatever. So the more we get connected, the more we can see each other, the more we use these technologies to express ourselves and share and, and feel our heartbeats, the more we realize that we're all just life and we just have different expressions of life. You know what I mean? And and what's going on with all that stuff, with the ghettos being in, you know, in riots and freaking out is like, now we can see the injustice, you know? It's like, you know, the wealth needs to be shared. It can't be, it can't be so concentrated into the 1%, and we need to, we need to stop lusting after these money, this money and zeros and all that stuff, and actually, actually look at humans and the qualities we have as our wealth. You know, like the dude who, the dude who has compassion and understanding and empathy, the person that can like, communicate these are just as valuable as like being ruthless to the point where you can make a bazillion dollars you know like we just need to change right. our direction just a little bit we need to change our direction as, as we got to pick things that we value we can't just value money because we want a fucking yacht we got to value like real human human lives human lives are you know just lives human quality things that we love you know what i mean things that actually humanity in general perfect way to say it man um and, uh, yeah, right now we're just in a turbulent time, man. We're in the midst of change. Obama's slogan was change, right? He just diagnosed it a little early, and he actually didn't bring the change. <laughs> but No, he no. That, that's the thing is he did. I think he was just met with that much opposition. Yeah, I mean, I don't really – I'm not really into politics, but I feel like he – He's just kind of like I feel like anyone who's president is just a puppet to the people that are in power because the people in power they're, actually they're they're answering they're answering to somebody everybody all the, all those people are answering to somebody and it's big lobby that has the money to say yes you are actually going to not do that and you're going to do this yeah well plain and simple the the real people that have power and wealth are the ones that have the resources like oil and stuff like that yeah minerals and material the actual earth and stuff like that they're the ones in power they're the ones who have to say they put a president out there they have all control but i Anthony, think Anthony, you yeah. ever see you ever see that documentary who killed the electric car no i'll have to check it out i've seen it on there though check it but things are changing i'm optimistic you feel optimistic overall half full half empty see i'm always i'm always uh half full i'm always i'm always optimistic whatever the optimistic side is because you could say it's half full or half empty. It's what it means to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, 
it's we're getting halfway there. I agree, man. We still we still got some more work to do. Fuck yeah, always, always. You're blue collar, just like me, man. Charlie, That's thank right, you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Thank you for sharing your legacy, your story, everything that's awesome about you. I appreciate it. I can't wait to share this one, and I fucking love you, Charlie. I love you too, Anthony. Thanks for having me on the show, brother. Hang on, brothers and sisters. Liberation is near. It's almost time.